finally, BBC Three Counties Radio. It was quite mild this morning, I thought. When I, th- I was chilly indoors, but I think I was chilly because I thought I was going to be chilly. When I stepped outside, it was quite pleasant. Quite pleasant indeed. Lots coming up on the show today, including furniture-based friction in Wolverton. Council Conservatory controversy in Wellin. And the local smelt it, but who dealt it? Justin's investigating complaints of a cat pee-pong in Luton. Who writes this rubbish? Me. Yeah. If you want to take part, facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call. I'll wait for... Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call this morning. Now, do you remember when politicians said that giving doctors power over their budgets was a win-win situation? Great for everybody. Well, try and tell that to the people of Wolverton in Milton Keynes. They've been looking forward to the grand opening of a brand new health centre. It's due to happen on Friday. Yeah, as long as someone stumps up for the furniture. Catherine Joyle is uh, our sitting-down correspondent. She joins me in the studio now. This seems ridiculous. What exactly is going on here? Well, the patients group in Wolverton have brought this to our attention. They say that a £120,000 bill for the furniture, amongst other things, had been promised by the Primary Care Trust. Right. Trouble is, the Primary Care Trust was abolished early this year and replaced by a new organisation, the CC. The Clinical Commissioning Group. The Clinical Commissioning Group now in Milton Keynes says it's not their responsibility and in any case they signed nothing. Oh, I see, OK. So despite having this brand new health centre for the community, it's on time, they're really excited about it, it's it replacing a, a really old building. Yeah. Planned handover this Friday was supposed to be happening on time. It may not happen at all as there aren't any suitable chairs, furniture, all those bits and bobs. 120 grand for chairs and furniture seems a little bit excessive. What's wrong with the chairs, uh, the, the old chairs in the old health centre? Well, Why can't they use those? According to the patients group, the old chairs don't meet current health and safety standards. They're covered in fabric and they are therefore deemed unsuitable. So the uh, patients group is appealing to the community what? to provide chairs which are either plastic or wood and can be cleaned easily. It's like Christmas, you bring the emergency chairs around, it's that kind of scenario. There'll be deck chairs and things like that, won't it? Well, as long as they're plastic or wood and they can uh, be easily cleaned. Marie Osborne wants to hear from you, she's a local town councillor. There's huge amounts of public money that have been spent on this building. Um, the situation in the health centre at the moment, the old building, is is just shockingly bad. And people are desperate for a new building that you know really respects this community. I'm I'm staggered by I'm staggered by this. They're asking people to bring chairs. That's what it sounds like. There's a meeting this afternoon. What's that all about? Yeah, we understand there's a meeting face to face this time as opposed to I guess over the phone between NHS England and the practice managers. NHS England says it's now offered to lend the money to the practice in hopes that this will um, resolve the issue as soon as possible. However, the patients group say the practice doesn't want to accept the loan. It was not the deal. It's be it will be seen as them backing down. And of course, it still means that they have to find the money over time. Here's Mark Lancaster, he's the MP for Milton Keynes North. I'm clear in my mind that there was an obligation made by the Primary Care Trust to provide the capital funding to uh, equip this place and it's not being delivered and I'm determined that it will be. What's the NHS saying officially? Right, here's a statement from the CCG. New NHS organisations, clinical commissioning groups, have no responsibility for primary care premises. This may be confusing to the public as previously, before April 2013, primary care trusts did manage GP contracts and estates. NHS England area teams, and a statement below, now manage this responsibility and hold contacts with primary care services. 
Okay, here's what the spokesperson for NHS England, which covers Hertfordshire and the South Midlands, told us. Um, There's been considerable correspondence between NHS England and Wolverton Health Centre, and we've worked with the practice to try to resolve the issues. However, there are legal guidelines within which we have to operate, and we have to respect those. In writing to the practice, we confirmed, this is NHS England, that we were mindful of the potential disruption the decision may cause, and in order to enable the opening of the new surgery, NHS England offered to allocate the funds necessary to complete the project on a loan basis. Mutually sustainable, uh, sorry, mutually suitable arrangements could then be made to reduce the practice rent reimbursements accordingly. We envisage this can be carried out over several months in order to minimise the cash flow implications on the practice. Blah, 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 blah. No one's, dearie me. Well, this is the final bit. We hope to continue discussions to get the issue resolved as soon as possible so patient care is not affected. So if they don't, if they don't get the the, the hundred twenty thousand pounds for these chairs and tables, and it's it's all kind of desks and all kinds of things like that, it won't be able to open. No, and also the um, doctors who are in charge of the practice and the money, as the NHS would say, um, will be liable for fines <laughs> but if, if they, they overstep if they overstep Friday's deadline. If they have to stay in the old building, it's going to cost them thousands and thousands of pounds. But if they've been promised the money by an organisation that no longer exists, then it's not the doctor's fault, is it? Or is it naive of their? <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked and confused by this. Well, if you're going to the doctors, it seems you need to take one of those. What are those little things that old people have? They're, they're like a walking stick, but you can open it out into a chair. Oh, like a shooting stick. Yeah, they're good they are, aren't they? I don't know. You if you've got good those. balance. Catherine, thank you very much for that. I, mean, I, I found that story absolutely incredible. If you want to have your say on that or anything else this morning, 08459 455 555. Hey, one of the Dimblebees. Which one is it? David? Probably. He's had a tattoo. He's had a tattoo. He's like 80 years old or 75 years old or something. 75. That's, thank you. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show this morning. It's going to be uh, quite busy, I suspect. 08459 455. 555 is the telephone number. Yes, Dimbleby. David Dimbleby. He's 75 years old. He's had a tattoo on his hairy shoulder. It, uh, 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 I'm, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. This man is the voice of televised politics and regal royal celebrations on the BBC. You've paid for him to have a tattoo of a scorpion on his back. He's got a scorp tat on his shoulder. What on earth is he thinking? I, I, I've said this before. I'm not a fan of tattoos. If you've got a, if you've got a tattoo, basically, I think you're scum. I know. I know it's harsh. I know that's harsh, Catherine. Mm. But I really do think that tats that they do nobody any favours, particularly not the person who's wearing them. Awful things. You haven't got a tat, have you? No. Kels, I've got a giant bulldog. Where? On my bottom. Okay. Wow. There's this isn't. <laughs> that's a lie. Your microphone's down now, so it's actually fact. I've said it before, and I'll say it again many, many times. You've got a tattoo. You've just let your body down. Why would you do such a thing? Oh, I'm an individual. I'm an individual. We're not an individual, because everyone's got tattoos now. Now you're a rebel if you've not got one. Exactly. And have you noticed you can date people by the type of tattoo they've got? Go on. So, early 90s, take that. Yeah. Dolphin, yeah. like Sam Cam, on foot. Oh, God. But normally on hip. Yeah. Then it went up the arm, didn't it? And they had like a, a barbed ke- wire bar- or, bar- or the Celtic, the Celtic thing. Then it went Celtic. Yeah. Then it went sort of Maori, the base of the spine. Yeah, the, tr- the tramp, tramp stamp. stamp. Yeah, we all know what that means. And just on there, like just on the bit of your hand. Yeah, that's that's Cheryl that's, Cole. That that's, is. that's what happened next. And then the foot one, like little it's stars. Disgusting. It's disgusting. Oh wait, for we won't find one person. I tell you, I guarantee now we will not find one person this morning who thinks that David Dimbleby having a tattoo at the age of seventy-five is decent. Uh, I do. Sorry. I do. Sorry, Kels can't. I do. Okay, I can't. He sorry, Kels. I do. 
There we go. 08459 455 555. Not one person with any sense at all will think that David Dimbleby having a tattoo at the age of 75 is sensible. Uh, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? 08459 455 555. Say that again, Kelly. Press the button and say it. There you go, you see. This is what she's been shouting in my ear for the last 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> it, annoys me. it annoys me at the end. It's a good song up until the, just the giggle. Come on, Joni, you're better than that. Hey, as part of our big tour of the three counties, this week we're in Welland Garden City, covering the stories that matter to you. And residents in Welland Garden City are furious. It's in capital letters to emphasise how angry they are over hypocrisy at the council. After years of being told that any modifications undertaken to people's homes have to be in keeping with the historic look of the city, well, in Hatfield Borough Council seem able to ignore this rule and renovate their buildings any way they choose. At present, plans are underway to build a £4 million glass extension to their campus east. Not exactly historic, is it? Well, our reporter, Lorna Hankin, has more. Founded in the 1920s, Welling became the country's second garden city behind Letchworth. Every road here has a wide grass verge and it's laid out along tree-lined boulevards with a neo-Georgian town centre. There's a scenic parkway and most of the buildings are red brick, including the current council building I'm standing opposite. But the borough council say they've outgrown it and want an extension. The problem is, not everyone is happy about the plans. I'm Sean O'Reilly, I'm chairman of Welling Garden City society the design principles used in the garden city are very strong and frankly the council has no business to break its own rules in putting up a building that simply doesn't fit proposed to be the most magnificent rear entrance you ever imagine to um, any council property it's only going to be used for the council chamber itself which by and large will be used by councillors so i think it gives completely the wrong impression to the residents who uh, frankly would believe their councillors are their elected representatives and not ones who are going through such a ceremonial and wonderful entrance. But it's not just the fact it will cost over £4 million or that it's not in keeping with the conservation area it stands on that is getting people upset. Dennis Lewis has lived in Welland Garden City for most of his life. It's always struck me as a nonsense that any authority, like a borough council or district council, is required to give itself planning permission for anything that it does of this nature. Seems to me absolutely wrong. The county council should be the authority that actually gives planning applications from borough councils. We maintain that there hasn't been proper consultation with the people who are going to pay for it. We think that there should be proper consultation. If I'd been the leader of the council, I would certainly have realised the sensitivity and I would have called a public meeting and said, look guys, you're all paying for this. Come and tell us what you think. Nothing like that has happened. Well, later on in the show, I'll be talking to the leader of the council about the plans and the head of the town society, which is made up of group residents. If you want to have your say, 08459 455 555. Yes, Mr. Edward Grant. It popped up on my screen. I thought, I'll have that. Where is Eddie Grant these days? Can we get him on the show? No, let's not. But where is Eddie Grant? Is he still alive? You do worry about these people, these pop singers, and you've not seen them for years and years and years. You do wonder, uh, you know, how things are, are going. I went to see 
well, I was going to say a wonderful musical. That would be a lie. I went to see a musical at the weekend with my mum. Um, uh, Dreamboats and Petticoats. Basically, what it is, it's br- the, the concept behind it is brilliant. There was a compilation album of music from about 1959 to about 1963. Pop songs, okay? Uh, called Dreamboats and Petticoats. And it sold really well. So someone thought, I know... Let's write a musical around this compilation album. And it's very, very loosely strung together story of, uh, of, of people in the 60s starting a band. It's very, very loosely strung together story. It was excellent, though. But there was a chap in it. Let me put this to you, dear listener, because some of you will know who this man is, OK? The posters uh, said, um, starring Mark Winter. Mark Winter, with a Y. I thought, okay, Mark Winter's in it. Brilliant. And it turns out that Mark Winter is the old boy in the show. He's like, he plays the granddad and the head of the youth club. But then it turns out he had some hits in the 1960s. It also turned out he wasn't, um, well, um, he, uh, he sang like your granddad would sing. <laughs> he sang like your granddad would sing. He was, I mean, he's thoroughly entertaining. I'm sure he's a wonderful gentleman. He sang a little bit like granddads do. If you're listening to this now and you know who Mark Winter is, could you give me a call? It was puzzling me all weekend, and now I don't have the internet on my phone. I can't Google stuff at a whim. 08459 455 555. Does anybody have any idea who Mark Winter is? And I thought it was odd that they would put his name across all of the posters and the banners and everything, starring Mark Winter. When I Listen, I've got a pretty good knowledge of 60s music. I'd never heard of the gentleman at all. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Ian Lee. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's uh, it's it's the third quarter of an hour of the f- first hour. That's right, isn't it? Yes. And it's this point in the show that Catherine Boyle joins me in the studio. Hello. Yes, and we have a look at the papers. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give me a call and uh, you can come and join us. It's like a kind of a relaxed chat, isn't it? Yeah, and if you've got your own paper, you could read along. Who likes this bit? I do! Yeah! I do! Um, yeah, who wants to make me and Catherine a cup of tea? I do. Nice one, Kelly. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's do do the tattoo story, then I'll get to the text that we've received from someone who has has had a tattoo and is upset when I said that... uh, He's a tattist. He's certainly something. What what is the tattoo story today? My scorpion tattoo is dream come true, says TV's Dimbleby. If you're reading along, Daily Express, page three. (laughs) Distinguished broadcast. I like it when you do that. David Dimbleby has stunned colleagues and family, do you think? Well, he stunned me. I pay his wages out of my wages. Well, you spend your money on some ropey old... Uh, by joining the celebrity craze... Is it still a celebrity craze? I think... I, I, I think it? the craze moment has passed. He got a tattoo at the age of 75. That's the uh, big deal. Ridiculous. Um, the delighted Question Time host has fulfilled a lifetime's ambition with a scorpion permanently. Oh. That's up there with like a black panther, isn't it? Yeah. Or a tiger. Mr. Lover Lover. Exactly. David. On his hairy old shoulder. David, what's that on your back? I like David, and his brother, Jonathan. But I think he's ridiculous for having this done. I think it's obscene. I think it's disgusting. And I think shame on him. I think he's ridiculous but i think brilliant 
Why do you think brilliant? Do what you want. When you're seven, in your 70s, who cares what anyone else thinks? Do what you want. Please yourself. Uh, you, you, Kelly Betts, you're the only person that thinks it, it's good. I think it's brilliant. Why? Because at the age of 75, he can do whatever he likes. When I get to 75, no. No. I'm not going to listen to anybody. No, no. At the age of 75, you should not be defiling your body. He's got away with it for so long, and then he's vandalising a gift from God. Good. Good for him. It's like going and um, urinating on the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, which is if something... If he's 75, he can do it. No. I want to brace you for something, Ian Lee. Yeah, hey. This is the 60s generation. Well, they don't listen to your rules. Well, they, they should listen to some rules. Anyway, they I... They want you all to just fade away hey. this is this generation they'll do what they fancy fade away i said earlier on that people who have tattoos are scum well we've had um uh, uh, the kind of a it, it's a text that's sort of written in english I'll, I'll read it as it's written morning there's only one full stop in this by the way morning so i'm scum ian because i have tattoos i think you the letter you should think before you open your mouth respect talk to people how you expect to be spoken to and i wouldn't call you scum because of the way you look i would yeah, OK. okay. But what the point there is, that, that person, I'm, I'm guessing it's a man, I'd hate to think that a woman would get a tattoo, that man is, um, can barely string a sentence together. You think it's the tattoo that's done it? Well, I, no, you know, they go hand in hand. Stupidity and, uh, plus tattoo equals... Well, actually, Sam Cam has one. It says here on page three, if you, if you read further down, once you got over far. the shock of David Dimbleby, yeah. posh girls and stars, all dying, spelt with an E, oh, uh, to get inked. Geez. Everyone's inked these days, from the Prime Minister's wife to hold some <sighs> good time star and kelly betts look alike felicity kendall oh you do look a bit like uh, really? felicity kendall yeah 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 Let me have a look. before she got hot <laughs> brilliant thanks uh oh eight four five nine four double five five double five or send your badly spelt angry texts eight one three double three start your text three cr some good news i don't look like her you do How or a little she? jennifer aniston she's 67 hands up who looks like um felicity kendall i do excellent go. i'm glad you admit it at last well done Good news, guys. Good news, pop fans. You a pop fan? Always. I love the pop. I love the pop. Guess who's getting back together? Um, Biggie Smalls. Busted. Because I've been to the year 3000. Not much has changed, but they live underwater. That's quite a lot that's changed. And I copped off with your great-great-granddaughter in the future of time. I don't know the exact words. There we go. That's it, you see. They're getting back together. I didn't know they'd split up. They split up a long Aren't time ago. they now? No, 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 no. Them, oh, I've lost them. I'm trying to find the page because, anyway, two thirds of them have got back together. Is the handsome one still in it with the eyebrows? Uh, Matt Willis. Charlie. Charlie's not in it. Oh, I'm not interested then. Oh, where's the blooming page? Anyway, they've got together with, um, here it is. They've got together with, with McFly. So they're calling themselves McBusted. McBusted are going on tour, guys. Catherine Boyle, you come with me, yeah? No, it's going to be McCack. No, it's going to be McBrilliant. It's going to be McWicked. No. Come on. I didn't like them apart, so together it's going to be a nightmare. I interviewed Busted, and I got, I've got a signed copy of one of their compact discs. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I interviewed Billy Piper. She was doing Purcell's Muckiest Child competition. It Sorry? was in the lull between um, her pop career and Chris Evans. Muckiest Child? And she was, when you could still say things like that, she um, was delightful and tiny and very beautiful. She did a, she did a great song. Honey to the bee like you for me. Honey to the bee. Mm. 
don't remember that one. It's a good one. It flopped. What else have you got? Um, Outrage Nancy sues over Sven's love life revelations. Oh, please, give to yourself. We kind of know what went on. We know enough. This story I found interesting. We should remember him. 500 strangers pay oh. tribute to Bomber Command hero. Yes. Um, a Dan Buster's hero who faced having just one mourner at his funeral was honoured yesterday with hundreds of strangers paying their respect. This is That's Har- nice, isn't it? Harold Jellicoe Percival, who died last month with no close friends and only a handful of living family dotted around the globe. Well, that's nice. You know what I think is a shame, though? Go on. I think you'd have preferred the company during his life. I know what you mean, yes. He's a lonely old man. No one went to look after him when he was alive. And then everyone feels a bit guilty because he's died on his own. Which is funeral. That's Britain, guys. Oh, wait, 459 oh. 455 555. Go there on. There was one more thing I thought yep. was interesting. Other end of the age spectrum. Yeah. A senior police officer has warned that too many young people are being criminalised for behaviour that a generation ago would simply have been regarded as growing up. Oh, like what? You know, youthful hijinks. Jackie Cheer, who's the Chief Constable of Cleveland and the Association of Chief Police Officers Lead on Children and Youth, said society is becoming intolerant of young people in public space and the public and police were too ready to label what looks like growing up to me as antisocial behaviour. Oh, we're not used to them playing out in the street when they're small, so when they're bigger <laughs> and they're released into the wild at 14 and they're a bit too loud and they don't know how to behave around people, we complain. I was thinking over the weekend, after seeing this musical, Dreamboats and Petticoats, what is the best rock and roll song of all time? And I've seriously... It's not rock around the clock. No, it's not. It's not rock and roll. That's like um, uh, sort of hard country for People were gutted adults. when they saw him come off the plane, weren't they? All the girls thought he was going to be some sort of young hot, hot hipster. bold man. He's an old fella. No, I, I've been th- given this serious consideration over the weekend. I think this song I'm about to play is the best rock and roll song of all time. Oh, no. Yes. Yes. Come on. How could you not like that song, Catherine? It's wonderful. Family parties. Oh, wonderful. Beige buffets. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Christmas. And my auntie's lining up to give us a bit of the Nolans. Hmm? Followed by Wigwam Bam. There you go. We'll see if we can dig that out. Coming up, that smell in Luton. And no, I'm not being rude about co- my co-presenter, uh, Justin Dealey. Le co-presenter, I know. I'm being generous to him, bless him. Right, let's get the latest weather now. <laughs> I've got no idea who's doing it. Let's see. Surprise, it's Kate. Good morning. Thank um, you, Kate. Sorry, I do apologise. Away you go. That's all right. It's OK. That's your forecast. 525,600 minutes. We've got a text here from Tim. Tim. Get yourself down to the uh, laser surgery. If you play Wig Wham Bam, I'll get my tattoos removed. Tim, thank you very much. Your, your wife can send us the cheque for £5 uh, in the post. You see? You see? We'll be talking about tats uh, in a bit. 08459 555. Now, remember last year, the, the one before uh, this one? So not this one, but... but well, you know, the, the, it was the year that Vauxhall Way in Luton smelt like cat pee. Well, it's happening again. And once again, the finger of blame is being pointed at Vauxhall Motors. Well, we know who smelt it, but who dealt it? Justin Dealey's on the case. Justin. <laughs> Ian, good morning. You well? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you very much. I'm annoyed by this smell because we, we investigated this closely last year and I thought it had yeah. been sorted out. Well, do you know what, Ian? When I came down here last year, of course, every time we came down here, I couldn't smell it. This morning, guess what? I can smell it. It's oh. here. Every few seconds you get this waft and it does smell like cat wee. It's mm. absolutely disgusting. It's on Vauxhall Way, uh, very near to Vauxhall and, of course, the airport as well. As you mentioned, we were here a year ago. Uh, at that point, I couldn't smell it, but, but here's what locals had to say in November last year. It's really bad. Um, I tend to pick my husband up from the airport quite a few evenings a week, but I don't remember smelling it sort of during the summer times. It tends to be this time of year. Well, it just is, smells like cat wee. 
Madam, have you noticed a really bad smell around here? Yeah, over by the car factory, the IBC. Just how bad does it get? Really bad, even in the car with the windows and everything up. I can really smell it strong. Well, here's somebody else who's noticed this bad smell. How would you describe this smell? It smells like cat's pee. That's what it smells like. I've got two cats, I know. <laughs> it's it's a rank, musty... Cat we smell? No, stronger than that. Really? It's, stronger? It's really strong. It's it's gagging. You you can taste it. It's so foul. It's really acrid. It's nasty. It is, it's really acrid. It's not something we've imagined. There's too many people. It's stale, foul water. But as I said, it's tinged with chemically cellulosey smell doesn't sound fun does it just no it doesn't uh voxel motors uh, they told us that we are working closely with various internal and external parties including the environment agency to identify the root cause and address this issue we are doing all we can later you're going to be talking live to the Lib Dem councillor david franks he's trying to do something about this he's saying look this is not a laughing matter some people may be laughing at this story but it's having a serious effect because if you live nearby here you've got to put up with this smell but Particularly every November, and it's disgusting. It disgusting. Not good at all. You've got someone there with you, have you, Justin? Yes, I've got uh, Pete Layson with me. Uh, Pete's a local businessman who works for uh, PinkPinkParking.com. Pete, um, describe to our listeners just how bad this smell is, please. Well, every now and then you get this. Hang on, excuse me. There's a plane going above. <laughs> every now and then you get, you get this terrible smell of uh, cat's pee. In fact, it's not only November. It happens quite often. I've been here a year now trading. And there's something else really strange. Uh, once a month at least, we get all this uh, fluffy foam coming out the drains all around the roundabout airport way there, leading up to the airport. I don't know if there's anything to do with that, but it's certainly an uncomfortable smell, and uh, we have to shut all the windows during the summer as well. So that's new to me, because uh, IBC, over to our left-hand side, we can almost see this, uh, this smog coming out of the building, but they're saying that they, they can do all they can to, to try and eradicate this, but this is quite an interesting problem with the council. So it's like a white foam that's coming out of the drains here. Yeah, it just literally comes out of the manholes. You can see it blatantly. It, it fluffs up like um, shaving foam. It, it, it happens every now and then. God knows what it is. And can you get away from this smell? I've heard people that say even when they're driving through with their windows up, they're still getting the smell. They still smell of it. Their clothes smell of it. It's constantly there. It's like walking past a cat litter. Wow, it's really that it's, bad. It's, it's, yeah, it's very, it's like an uh, ammonia. That's, it's a cat's pee. I mean, it's all very well uh, talking about IBC and Vauxhall, but what is your message to Lucenborough Council this morning? Because, you know, they should be looking into this and seriously, shouldn't they? Well, as a new business, we'd certainly like, you know, we employ over 20-odd people here, we'd certainly like them to be in a comfortable environment to work, you know, and if there's anything to be done about this smell, then please do something about it. So you, you notice it, your staff have noticed it. Well, what about your customers? What are they saying to you? Well, yeah, they're, they're more more interested in getting away on holiday and getting to the bar up there, but they're not that bothered about it. But I dare say there's a couple of them mentioned it in the past because they thought it was a smell that we had in the office. And you just want it dealt with and quickly? Absolutely, yes. Thank you. Thank you for your time. That's uh, Pete Layson joining us live on the programme from PinkPinkParking.com, a local business here. And uh, Ian, everyone again, talking about this horrendous smell in Lucem, which is not great. Now, Justin, let, let me play devil's advocate. Mm. Is it really that bad? Shouldn't people just, you know, get on with it? I mean, uh, Ian, I, I can only report on what I'm experiencing, let's say. And a year ago, I couldn't smell anything. I was honest about that this morning. It's coming across here in Wafts, and it, it does smell quite bad. It yeah. does smell 
smell quite bad. You've heard some of the stories. Yeah. Those people um, talking about it is something which is affecting their lives. And if it's affecting their lives, it should be dealt with. Yes, shouldn't it, Justin? Now, Justin, uh, c- can we send you... I-, I don't know if you've seen this story about David Dimbleby getting a tattoo. <laughs> yes, I have. The yes. age of 75. Could we send you out to uh, get people to say that he's a silly old sausage? Um, yes, I think we can do that, yes. Or at least ask them their opinions, perhaps. <laughs> I- I'm getting but, but he is, though, isn't he? Come on, 75. What was he playing at? I think... I do think it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine anybody who would think that getting a tattoo at 75 is a good idea. I well, think I, great. I can't... Sorry, Kelly? I think good on him. He's 75. He can do what he wants. It, oh, he dear. can do what I he wants. I think it's horrible, but fair, fair dues. No, I, th- I think he should be back. I, sh- I, think I think his scorpion should be bigger. It should be across the whole of his back. I want to see a crouching tiger. Oh, for goodness Ian, sakes. Ian, when I was 18, yes. I was seriously considering getting a tattoo. Yep. That's when I was 18. When I was 19, yeah. I woke up. Yeah. When I was 19, I was seriously considering getting my eyebrow pissed. <laughs> Yeah, I know. (laughs) I didn't. I got something else done instead. Justin, thank you very much. I didn't get anything done. Okay, listen. If you've got a tattoo, seriously, there has to be something wrong with you. Your body is beautiful. Not yours, the lady next to you. Why would you do anything like that to it? Shame on you. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to crack on with this morning, as always. Keen to get uh, your, uh, well, your comments and your tweets and your texts and all those sort of things. So, what are we talking about? Well, let's have a little look, shall we? Furniture-based friction in Wolverton. Council Conservatory controversy in Wellin. And David Dimbleby has had a tattoo at the age of 75. I say, shame on him. He should know better. They're awful, trashy, disgusting things. No one looks better for having a tattoo. Apart from Mike Tyson's, that one's quite nice. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or, best way to do these things is on the phone, isn't it? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Dennis in Dunstall has managed to slip through the net. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning to you, dear boy. Yes, not sir. Oft- can I say something straight away? Yeah. It's not often I agree with you. Oh. Yes, in this case, first of all, tattooing, yes. Yes. And then Kelly. It does she look like Felicity Kendall? Because if I was 70 years younger, she'd never stop running. Now um, then, tattooing. Um... Yeah, that means what I think it means. Okay, right, go on. Yes, that's right. Yes, yes. yes. I would have chased all over the place. Kiss, playing kiss chase, of course. God helps if you'd stopped. Yes. However, that's Go- beside the point. Okay. I totally agree with you, mainly because, like you, I was full of enthusiastic to be tattooed yes. until I joined Nelson's Navy. Yes. And the very first thing they got, they put me straight off by saying, have you got any tattoos because we're going to make a record of this, so if you go over the wall, we'll know how to catch you. Oh, so that straight away. So they use tattoos as a way of identifying cowards. Yeah, it was, well, it's like when you join up, they want to know if you've got any scars and things like that. Yes, okay. So that put me off straight away. Yeah. So they just look, they look awful, Dennis. They look disgusting. The only reason that you should be tattooed is put your uh, blood group and all the rest of it. What? On your body. So Why would you do you, that? No, listen, the, the German SS 
used to do this under the armpit. So that if they got an arm blown off, at least they'd know... Hang on a second, you're not saying the German SS actually had some quite good ideas? No, I'm saying it's a good idea to identify people from a point of view medical. Right, so the ger- the Nazis would have their blood... And they also did other tattoos that weren't anywhere near as, uh, as uh, useful. Armpit. So they would tattoo their blood group under their armpit in case yeah. their arm got blown off. They just still have the thing on there, yeah. So have, you, have you done that then? No, I haven't. And I've still got all my arms. I couldn't care less. My problem now is with wrinkles across my forehead, it looks as though I've been barcoded. So I don't need to be told who I am. <laughs> Kelly wants to ask a question. Go on. Kelly? What if you had your leg blown off? What use is that information on your armpit? Well, that's, it is. Well, it, it, it is nothing. But you lift your arm up and they've got your blood group. Yeah, but why, like, but what if you've only got my leg? Well, it doesn't matter about your leg. As long as you've got the blood group on your arm, they can deal with you. They don't put it down your leg as well. What if your armpit gets blown off? No, no, you don't get your armpit. If you get, listen, if your armpit blown off, you're dead. <laughs> so thanks very much for that. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> What a very macabre phone call that was. From start to finish, really horrific imagery there. Quite haunting. Now, let's have some good news, shall we? Yes, the people of Wolverton and Milton Keynes are getting a brand new state-of-the-art health centre. Hooray! Little bit of bad news. They'll have to bring their own chairs because the doctors who run it have been handed an unexpected bill for furniture that they thought the NHS was covering. More bad news. If they don't pay it, they won't be able to open on Friday and they'll get massive fines. Even more bad news, if they get fined, they won't be able to afford the furniture, so they'll have to stay in their old building, and if they stay in their old building, they'll be getting massive fines. All hopes are pinned on a crisis meeting between NHS bosses and the practice managers this afternoon. It really does sound like an... It's just an incredible story. Joined now by Sarah Dockery, chair of the Wolverton Health Centre Patient Participation Group, a catchy little title. Good morning, Sarah. Morning. It's it's a real last-minute panic. This health centre is due to open on Friday. Friday. How long have we known about this problem? Unfortunately, it's not been known about for very long. I, I, should, I should stress that we are, they are opening um, next Monday. The move will take place over the weekend. That has been decided. So right. thankfully, we have avoided some of that bad news. But yes, it has left the practice um, without furniture for the new uh, building. So that's the main problem at the moment. So how are they going to, to open if they haven't got anywhere to sit down? Basically, they've decided to transfer across as much of the furniture as they can that's in a fit enough state to do so, um, to at least manage in the short term. Unfortunately, the chairs that are used in the waiting room are just not in a fit state to move across. They've needed replacing for some time, and that's just obviously been put off because of the knowledge of having a new building. Um, So it's those chairs for the waiting room and what the patients will sit on in the doctor's surgeries uh, that we've uh, been left uh, without at the moment. So the the doctor's fine. Doctor's got a nice, comfy, um, lazy boy, but the patients will have to stand up in the waiting room and stand up when they go and see the doctor like being summoned to, to the headmasters no hopefully not because we're working really hard the practice have gone ahead and ordered um 
the chairs that they would like, uh, the chairs that they will need to have that meet all the uh, requirements and health and safety requirements that they need to. Um, these are made specially, so they will take a few weeks to produce. Right. And because of all of this, that's obviously happened quite late in the day. And so that is going ahead. Uh, but in the meantime, the PPG have committed to providing 50, uh, at least 50 mm. chairs uh, that can be used in the meantime. So we are looking for people in the community or organisations who may have, you know, stacks of plastic or wooden chairs that can be cleaned easily uh, that maybe could be put in the waiting room just for that period to uh, make sure that the health centre can be used and function, um, but obviously so that you don't have to sit on the floor. Who, who messed up, Sarah? Whose fault is this? Um, it's still in the process of being resolved, obviously, um, but it seems that an agreement was, well, the PPG is certainly satisfied that there is evidence that an agreement was uh, reached and spoken about um, under the old PCT, and of course this year, unfortunately, there's been a lot of change in the NHS, so the PCT no longer exists, and it seems that sort of around that changeover, there's been some confusion, and at the moment, it seems that monies that were promised um, that now fall under kind of NHS England area team uh, auspices uh, are not being honoured at the moment. But surely, it, it, you say that this was only discovered quite recently. That, that it couldn't have been a last-minute thing. You, you would have thought if you're going to spend 120 grand on furniture, you would get that order in quite early, wouldn't you? It's, it's not the thing you do a couple of weeks before. No, it's not. And the so it's bad planning on someone's part yeah, there. The, the negotiations have been carrying on for the last uh, for, for the last few weeks. Um, obviously, it was hoped that this would be resolved quite easily. Unfortunately, there was. Um, communication happening between the practice and the various bodies um, before it was actually realised that there was a problem. So in other words, they were, they were sort of led to believe there wasn't a problem until there, uh, there then became apparent that there was a problem. So unfortunately then the time it's taken to try and resolve that has obviously added even more time onto that. The chairs that have been ordered that will come in a few weeks, who's paying for those? The practice are having to pay for those out of their own pocket at the moment, um, which uh, it will no, nowhere near be the amount that was was uh, promised because that was going to cover a lot more than just the chairs and um, so they have, have used their reserves to, to pay for those obviously it's not a not a cost that they cannot uh, meet as you say it's an essential item and so that now is purely down to the time involved in making them that's causing the delay patients aren't going to be that happy if they're coming along and having to stand are they you know what doctors like it, it's full of ill and old people absolutely and there's no way that we're going to allow that to happen both the practice and the ppta are committed to making sure that the health center is totally usable when it opens next monday and there will most definitely be we've already acquired um, at least half of the chairs that we're going to need from various very generous community organizations who've allowed us to borrow their chairs and we're hoping that for some more of those and or maybe even local businesses who feel they could fund um some sort of cheap and cheerful plastic or wooden chairs from from the, some of the big retailers would be would be great. It's embarrassing, isn't it? You've got this slick new premises that's that's all super duper and modern, and you're going to have people sitting on old school chairs and uh, ch chairs from church halls. It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? I think we could choose to see it like that, but I think the people of Wolverton and the surrounding area are a lot more resilient, and we hope that they can focus on the fact that actually we are incredibly lucky to have this brilliant new health centre, and to credit to Mansell, the builders, and all the contractors involved, that they have got this ready on time. It's been on track all the way through and gone up incredibly quickly, really. Um, so we're hoping that people will focus on that, and in the knowledge that the rest will come um, in time, and hopefully, like you say, there are, is a meeting happening, and we hope that there will be a positive resolution. What, what do you hope the... To who is meeting today and what do you hope will be the outcome? Um, I believe the different parties involved right. in negotiations are meeting um, and obviously we hope very much as a patient group um, that the outcome will be one that recognises um, any monies that were agreed um, can be maybe paid um, and really as a patient group we're just keen to see the best outcome for the 15,000 patients that the surgery serves because obviously that's ultimately the big deal is that we're not, we're not really worried about 
um, you know, the furniture, all the surgery, all the doctors, uh, you know, everyone is focused on the fact that these these decisions that are made high up um, affect the, the patients that use the centre on a day-to-day basis. Well, sir, so it opens bright and early Monday morning. I wish you, uh, everyone the, the very best of luck with it. We, we may send one of our people down just to have a look and see, see what the chair situation is. Thank you very much. We'd love that because I'm sure, uh, aside from what people are sitting on, there'll be lots of things to celebrate and look at uh, in the new centre. Sarah, thank you very much indeed. Sarah Dockery, chair of the Wolverton Health Centre Patient Participation Group. Yes, let's send somebody down there to have a little look to see just how that chair situation has resolved itself. How did that get situation... Uh, how was that allowed to happen? You don't think a few weeks before... Oh, flip. Steve, Dr Steve, have you ordered the chairs? No, Dr John, I, I haven't. Oh, well, I'll do it. Hang on a second, we haven't got that money for the chairs! Oh, nuts. What are we going to do? That, surely, if you're going to spend £120,000 on furniture, that would be would have been sorted out months and months ago. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Some of your comments from Facebook on tattoos. Uh, Rob says in regards to uh, Dimbleby, good luck to him. If it was me though, I would have had it somewhere I could see it every day. Alison says I'm not as old as Mr. Dimbleby, but I had a tattoo a few weeks ago for my forty eighth birthday. Age shouldn't matter. Oh, Alice. Joy says silly old sausage, uh, and Rob says never too late. Good for him. No, that's no. I agree with Rob. I don't know who that is. Never mind. Uh, 08459-455-555. No one, no one can defend a tattoo. It's impossible to do such a thing. Now, Welland Garden City is pretty much a uh, conservation area as part of the legacy of its founder, Ebenezer Howard. Any new buildings or modifications to old ones have to be in keeping with their surroundings. So, if a wall's too high or made of the wrong colour brick, you can forget it. So how come the council are allowed to build a modern glass extension on their offices, which, by the way, is going to cost £4 million? I don't know, but maybe Sean O'Reilly can help. He's chairman of the Welland Garden City Society. Morning, Sean. Very good morning to you. This doesn't seem right, does it? Uh, It's definitely not right. They're breaking their own rules. So so, uh, how have the rules been imposed on on the residents in the past? Well, in the past, and certainly up to now, and it's still the case now, um, residents are not permitted to build extensions which are more significant than the original building, and they have to use the same materials. So everything has to be in keeping. It's the same colour brick. It has to be the same style. Correct. Okay. Well, then, a four million pounds glass d- d- conservatory whacked onto the side of a building—that doesn't sound like it fits in at all. Well, the design certainly doesn't fit in at all. Um, it, it's the most glorious back entrance to a, a council building we've ever seen. Complete, this, uh, almost a ceremonial way to the back door. So, have you mentioned this to the council? Uh, they have. Uh, we, they know our views very decidedly. And and what have they said in response? Well, uh, the first response they've made is to actually modify the design, the original design, in their planning application. Right. Uh, But what they've done is they've uh, changed the materials to fit in with the the town, but what they haven't done is changed the overall structure. So it still doesn't fit in with their own rules, namely that the new extension is subservient to the whole building. Um, so uh, they've actually said that this is a, a, a been done after listening to residents. Well, it's breathtaking, really, this, because the new design makes the situation worse. Uh, how are the residents reacting to this? I think they're very angry. And what are they saying to you? Well, they're saying to us that uh, we, <laughs> we, we, we're quite right to have raised the issue, um, and they're very supportive uh, of what we're doing. Um, we've objected to the proposals, the planning application, and we're raising a petition to have the issue debated by the full council. 
Well, later on in the show, uh, Sean, we're going to be speaking to John Dean, leader of uh, Wellend Hatfield Borough Council. I'd love to have got you two on together. But have you got w- w- a question or a point you'd like to make to Mr Dean? Well, I think the, the key point now is that we have now been approached by a number of residents, uh, including our architects, who have come out with a proposal which would... Uh, meet the council's own legal uh, planning rules and possibly meet their own um, uh, objectives in a new building. We would like to put this uh, to the council, uh, but we don't know whether they will listen because so far no consultation has taken place between ourselves and uh, the council. All that's happened is they've called us to a meeting and told us of their thinking and uh, communicated that to us. Right, we haven't so you- actually been able to make uh, any real dialogue. You have, you have alternate plans, do you? Uh, we, we have uh, right. a suggestions right. which should be considered. Right. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that Mr Dean, he's coming on in an hour, so do listen, Sean, okay. and uh, you might want to call do. back. I, I'm going to put those... I'm going to make sure Mr Dean at least looks at your plans and listens to your plans, OK? That's wonderful. I shall make sure that happens. Sean, thank you very much uh, indeed. Sean O'Reilly, chairman of the Welling Garden City Society. Uh, they're very upset with the, the, the plans that have been drawn up. Well, we will be speaking in about an hour's time to John Dean, leader of Wellin Hatfield Borough Council, and asking him what on earth uh, he thinks uh, is going on here. 08459 555 So, David Dimbleby. I like David Dimbleby. I like both the Dimble D- Dimbleby boys. Wasn't there a third Dimbleby boy? Was there a third Dimbleby, or was it their dad? I think there was. So there's Jonathan. Yes. David. Yes. Are you not thinking of his father? That's right. That may be. Kevin. The vicar. Sorry? The vicar. That's Derek Nimmo. The vicar of Dimbleby. Oh, for oh, goodness for sakes. Well, only a part of it. Do I have to keep issuing... Uh, who... Oh, dear me. Who, who thinks that we should apologise for that ridiculous joke? I do! OK, well, I'm sorry. Dimbleby's had a tattoo, and I've, I've lost a lot of respect for him. It's, it's of a scorpion, and it's on his hairy old shoulder. No one, no one deserves a tattoo. No one deserves a, a, a tattoo. Awful, hideous things and oh look no one has been able to call in and defend tattoos i tell you why because you're probably still in bed asleep or you're watching daybreak Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Well, Justin Daly, you've not got a tat, have you? Uh, I think you're wrong there. I think they're waiting for Jeremy Kyle. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. That came oh. from Justin Daly's mouth, by the way. Oh, we're harsh, aren't we? Uh, Justin, just, just whereabouts are you at the moment? I'm now in the urinal section. Okay, excellent. And uh, you've been <laughs> looking at tattoos. Yes, later we're going to get some opinions on David Dimbleby and whether he's done the right thing yep. at the age of seventy-five. But he's not. Uh, yeah, okay. But other people may have uh, obviously different opinions. They're wrong. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, I have been talking to people um people who love tattoos ian and i just put the question to them why here's what happened now now darren you're telling me that your dad's got 82 tattoos yep Uh, and what do you think about these tattoos i think they're quality mate yeah Yeah, it's good my dad loves it because he's got all my kids he's got all my kids names on him um and tattoos he's got all of his all my sisters all my brothers interesting stuff and uh, have you got any yourself I'm getting one. Um, Man United badge on my arm. Man United badge? Yep. Uh, where were you born? Luton. <laughs> I think we'll leave it there, thank you. Yeah, that's all right, mate. Right, how many tattoos have you got? Four. And can you tell us what they are? Uh, Japanese kanji, uh, two snake and skull, one very old one, which was a, uh, a knife through the skin. Very old. A knife through you. the skin, yep. Yep, yep. and uh, a heart with a knife for it. 
Briefly. <laughs> I mean, Ian, in the studio, has got some pretty strong views about tattoos. He thinks they're absolutely disgusting. Uh, what would you say to that? Rubbish. It's individuality. It's, it's just down to the person, isn't it, really? What's individual about a knife going through your skin? Uh, that's youth. That's youth. I'm sorry, that, that is a bit youth. You can get them... Uh, I might be getting changed, actually, yeah. covered over in more, more modern design. And you talk about these, uh, the, these Chinese tattoos. Uh, born and bred in Bedfordshire, I presume? I'd say, yeah. yeah so, so where's the Chinese connection? I done a lot of martial arts years ago. So uh, it's not Chinese, it's Japanese, really. But, yeah, but, uh, yeah so uh, it was uh, kind of 20 years of my life, so that really means more to me than anything else, really. Right, Tara, you're 17. You're getting a tattoo very soon when you're 18 years old. Tell us what tattoo you're going to be getting. Uh, it's a wolf sport. A what? A wolf sport. It's a motorbike and body gear. It's like a body. It's like a gear for motorbiking. So you counting down the days oh, until you're 18 then? Yeah. <laughs> Two months, mate. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. She's, well, she's going to get a, a, a motorbike. Yep. She sounds like an intelligent, <sighs> rational, beautiful young woman. Yeah. Why would she do something to... God's gift. The body is God's gift. Yeah. No, Ian, I totally agree. You know, when, when it comes to tattoos, obviously everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But, um, you know, my personal opinion, uh, just my personal opinion when it comes to tattoos, I think, you know, if somebody is incredibly close in your life and they pass on, you have their name written somewhere on your body, I think that's actually quite nice. But to have, what? you know... Yeah, no, no, I think Sorry, that's okay. I wasn't, what, you, I wasn't listening. I was reading the paper. What did you say? If somebody in your life is very, very close to you, and for whatever... Now, hang on. For whatever reason, if they pass on and you want to have their name on your body somewhere or something which resembles that person, nothing wrong with that, I don't think. But it's when you've got these Chinese tattoos. Like that man was saying... Yeah, bloody Chinese tattoos coming over here, stealing our English (laughs) tattoo places on people's wrists. (laughs) You know, things like that. I just think it's it's bizarre. People talk about being individual, but what is individual? A bit like that man there of having a knife going through your skin. There's nothing individual about that at Disgusting. all. Disgusting. The thing I don't get, yeah, if someone's passed on, I don't, I wouldn't do it, but okay, fine, right. Yep. Is when people, uh, that person there, when people have their children's names tattooed What's wrong them, with that? It's the same sort of thing, no, isn't it? No, it's not, it's not, it's, it's stupid. Well, is that in case you forget <laughs> their names? Oh, so uh, there's, there's Steve and there's yeah. uh, Cliff and what's the... What's the third one called? Hang on, let me just have a look Barry. at my arm. Oh, it's yeah. Barry. It's yeah, Barry. lovely. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I, th- I love my children mm-hmm. uh, so much that I wouldn't write their names on my skin in ink that was permanent. But, ridiculous but thing to do. some people, the way they love their children, they want to represent that in different ways. Represent by having- it by telling them every day you love them, by embracing them, by reading stories to them, if you can <laughs> read, <laughs> by tucking them in at night, by singing them songs, by taking them out to pick conquerors, by going and kicking leaves, by going and jumping in puddles, we call it puddling in our house, <laughs> by doing all... All of those things, not by getting someone, some goth, to write their names badly on your arm in ink. How many of your listeners, you reckon, have got their children's names tattooed somewhere on none, their body? None have. Oh, because come on, my listeners, quite a few. No, my listeners are decent, clean, uh, sensible folk. They wouldn't do it. You see, I don't like tattoos, but when I have children, you know what, I'm going to probably shock you here, but I might be tempted to get their names tattooed somewhere on my body, because my children will be, you know, the most precious thing to me in the world. Well, why don't you get your name tattooed on their body? <laughs> you see? I went to the 18, clearly, yes. Yes, OK, mm. thank you much. Justin Dilley, he's wrong. He's wrong on so many things. 
Last couple of weeks. I need to have a, Can we, um, uh, Kath, sorry. Can you, um, just send a link? Can you put a meeting with Justin in my diary? Yeah. 11 o'clock tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We just need. He's we could get him tattooed, couldn't we? If found, please return to. <laughs> Heart FM. <laughs> no, sort our meeting with him. He's been wrong on quite a few things this week, and I think he's getting a little bit gobby. Really? So, uh, yes. Sort oh. that. I'll have a word with him. Okay. I'll, I'll have a word. Thanks very much, uh, indeed. None of my listeners, none of you will have your names of your children tattooed on your body, will you? Of course you won't. You're far too sensible for something like that. I do think it's awful. I love my kids, so I do things with them. I do things for them. Do not put their names on my shoulder. 08459 455555. Yes, in Sanskrit or in Cantonese. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You can uh, go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Call 08459 BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning. The thing that's really got to your goat, uh, tattoos. Tattoos. David Dimbleby has had a tattoo done of a scorpion on his shoulder. Horrific for two reasons. Firstly, uh, he's an old man with a tattoo of a scorpion on his shoulder. Secondly, we get to see his hairy shoulder in a lot of the newspapers today. There's never an excuse for tattoos. Does anybody think David Dimbleby having a tattoo is a good idea? Anyone? No. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five five. Mark's in uh, Milton Keynes. Morning, Mark. Good morning. Disgusting things, aren't they? Uh, I don't think so. No. Sorry. Uh, no, they're not. Go on. Don't be a wimp, Ian. No? Go and get a tattoo. Something important to you. Something artistic. But I think it has to. You have to draw the line at artistic. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm not chavvy, to be honest. There is a there is tattoo snobbery. It does exist. Okay. So so, so what what's what's the line? What's artistic? What's chavvy? Um, I think it's subjective but getting men united or getting the mcdonald's logo or chinese writing on you or anything like that or i love mum bit chubby okay what have you got that's artistic then well it's, it's important to me i've got a, a picture of a wolf oh a wolf oh, on dear. my back don't start here why is a start. why is a wolf important and not common <clears throat> well i went through um you, you were brought up by wolves. I, I was, yeah, in no, a wolf pack in uh, the Jungle Book. I um, I went through an illness, serious illness, and after uh, multiple operations, I decided to get uh, a wolf. That was important to me to help me get through it and cope with some of the problems I had. What, what, I am I allowed to ask what was wrong? Oh, uh, yeah, I just had a problem with my spine that developed over wow. a few years and had to have major surgery okay. after the wheelchair for a short period. But, but are you fine now? I am fine now. Okay. I have some other tattoos, and I got them when I was younger. I've got a star, or oh. a sun. Oh, oh. Um, you sound yeah. you sound like such a sensible gentleman. Why why is a wolf uh, symbolic of of your struggle to to get your back rectified? Because I went through a journey, um, like a lone wolf. So, so do buses. So does, so, so does so does the National Express. Yeah, but I'm not going to get a Viva on my back or National Express on my back. Am I really? Come on, be and also you think if. Uh, with, with the greatest of respect, if your back was as bad as it was and you'd had that much work done on it, why would you want to get something else done on it? Bottom of my back, tattoo on my top shoulder. Okay, okay. But right. you, you strike me as one of those sort of slightly scared and wimpy people no. that you wouldn't, you wouldn't try and crack on and get something done that's important. No, no, no. You, you confused uh, fear with sensibilityness. Mm, I don't know. I, you strike me as one of those chaps in the back of the classroom that would say something cocky and someone would turn around and say, what'd you say? And you're like, oh, nothing. No, I would, no, in fairness, I would, I would stand up and say it again, but louder. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> yes, oh, yes. I got, I got suspended four times from school. Can you imagine that? What was that for? The uh, wrong haircut or something? No, no, not for the wrong haircut. One, um, uh, at least one was for fighting. No. <laughs> Sorry? 
Ian, I don't believe that for a split second. Well, it's true. Assey Vickbal, I say fighting, Assey Vickbal had me in a headlock and was beating the whatever out of me, <laughs> and I got suspended for it! Can you so believe you have, that? You have nothing important in your life that you'd like to represent artistically on your body. No, no I, I have nothing. Right of passage, regardless of age, oh. that you think it's important to me, I'm going to take that with me, have it embedded into my flesh, and carry that with me through life i have nothing important enough in my life that i would like to demean by getting someone i don't know drawing it on my arm or my back no but that, that's an no. assumption you're making i've built up relationships with tattoo i never walked in with a tattoo artist and said oh i'll have that square with a couple of squiggly bits on it i built up relationships with them i learn about what they're into and what their I have background no, is i have no interest in a tattooist background or what they're into why well, would it's quite i important because you don't want joe bloggs who's a trainee just well, it's, something it's, on you, do but you? it's not important because I'm not going to get it done, and it's not out of fear. It's out of the fact that I've got some brains, and I realise yeah. that my body is the only body I've got. And if I want to remain an individual, then I won't get it marked by some idiot. Everyone called... has a body, Ian. Everyone has a body. Well, not everyone. By making Mark. your body individual, you're, you know, you're, you're having something impressive. But you're it. not making it individual because lo- so many people have got tattoos now. You're an individual if you don't have tattoos. I think you are right. There are there's a growing culture of tattoos, and Thank it's you. almost a, it's a bit disjointed and not really connected to much but a lot of people do get tattoos that are important to them that mean have, have some significant meaning to, to what they believe in and what their you know their lives are I about. find I find significance in my children uh, in my That's relationships in, in my I work in in, uh, in in trying to at- attain some level of spirituality I think you just hit the nail on the exactly. head I think you should go out and get three counties radio on your back yeah, that is literally never going to happen. But I think we can contractually get Paul Scoring's political reporter to get it done. I was looking at his contract last night, don't ask why, and I think there's a loophole that means we can defile his body like that. Tony's in Harlow. Good morning, Tony. Morning, Ian. With these tattoos, disgusting, aren't they? Yeah, don't like My brother paid a fortune to have all these taken off that yeah. he had done as a teenager. When you, get old, when you get old and saggy and your bits start to droop, yep. you look ridiculous. Yep. And you're not going out with that girl's name anymore. No. Awful. <laughs> Awful. What can I do for you, Tony? Yeah, talking about doctors, um, I know it's getting off the subject slightly, but um, I was amazed. I went to the doctors a few months ago. Just, just um, for those who don't know, we were talk- just, just to fill people in, we were talking about the doctor's surgery that's opening on Monday that's got no furniture yeah. whatsoever. They could face a bill of up to £120,000. What would you like to contribute to this? Well, I went to the doctors recently with a verruca on my foot, expecting to get it freeze-dried and cut off, Uh and I was amazed to be told they don't do that anymore, you have to put duct tape on the bottom of your foot. Hang on a second. uh, (laughs) What's this got to do with furniture? I don't know, but... So you went to the... it's still the doctors, though, isn't yeah. it? Uh, well, uh, f- very, very tenuously, that's connected to the, the, the poor people next week that will have to stand. OK, so you went with the Veruca, and he said yep. you had to do what? Yeah, they don't freeze-dry them and cut them anymore. You have to uh, put duct tape on the bottom of your foot, put it on first thing in the morning, walk around all day with it no. on, and at the end of the day, before you go to bed, just rip it off, and eventually it will pull the... I whatever can, it was. I, I, listen, I'm not a doctor... As you may have noticed, I, I got kicked out of medical school for, for getting beaten up by Asif Iqbal. But I do know that is complete and utter nonsense. That won't work. <laughs> that's what I had to do in the end to get rid of it. Did it and work? I even get, yeah, I, oh. I couldn't even get it on prescription, though. I had to go and buy my own duct tape. I've, I've had Verrucas. I would never go to the doctor with the Verrucas. I would go to a chiropodist, and I went to see uh, a lovely lady called Marcella. I remember her name because it's a Beach Boy song. And I would go and see Marcella every now and then, and she froze it off. It is the most, yep. is literally 
There is nothing more painful. You girls think you've got it tough passing twins, you know, downstairs. <laughs> nothing compared to having a Veruca frozen off of your foot. And the thing is, they don't do it. It doesn't work the first time. You have to go back six, seven times. And each time, it is, it's more, more painful because they're removing layers of flesh. You did right. well with the duct tape. <laughs> you can't even get it on prescription. I, was, I know it's short of money, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. Mind you, having said that, my foot was really warm. I had no cold feet. Oh, there you go. That would, that would be that. Tony, thanks very much for jo- joining us uh, on the discussion uh, about the lack of furniture in uh, a, ho- a doctor's surgery. My husband's got a Veruca. Oh. And he said he couldn't go swimming. And I said, what about a Veruca sock? Yeah. They don't do them for adults. They do. No, they he's, don't. He's, he's lying. Right. They don't. Those little white ones with the ribbed bottoms. They, they do those for adults. Of course they do. When I... When I oh. You never see them. Veruca sock adult. There we go. I might get you this instead. There you go. Look, loads. Uh, go to a, a well-known uh, internet uh, dealer that's named after a river um, in the Amazon jungle, and you will be able to get loads there. He doesn't, white want, ones. he doesn't want to take the kids <laughs> swimming. That's all it is. Oh, I can't go, Kath. I can't go, Kath. I can't, I've got a vodka. I'm not to Janet Street. Oh, I can't go, Kath. I've got vodka. You can't get it, I've looked online, girl. I've looked online. Where's my tea? That is an uncanny impression. <laughs> <laughs> I've had because they are the wor- they are the worst things. They're so painful, and they're awful. Oh, disgusting things! Oh, eight four five. I'm not quite sure how Tony got to that though. Considering the medical story we're talking about is um, it, it, it is one to do with a surgery in Wolverton that's going to open next week without any chairs. But we got there in the end. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Should we have a quick look at some of the front pages? Yes, let's let's do that, shall we? Uh, lots of it, uh, the, the aftermath of uh, the uh, typhoon Haiyan. Oh my goodness, look at this. Look at this incredible picture. Okay, I didn't know what this was to start with, so it's a village. Uh, Tacloban, a, a once a bustling Philippine city, okay? Completely decimated. You can see a few buildings, the buildings that are left, their roofs have been ripped off, most of the buildings are crushed. In the middle of all of this is a huge ship. It's an amazing picture. It shows you just how powerful this was. A ship dumped by the winds of Typhoon Haiyan into the streets of Tacloban, once a bustling Philippine city. Have you seen this picture of a ship in the middle of a town? Just. We are powerless. We are powerless over nature, aren't we? Chris has called in. Morning, Chris. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. What can I do for you? Uh, secondly, to what you just, uh, your other guy just called in about, uh, go on to well-known uh, search engine online. Yes. Type in Veruca and duct tape. Yeah. Look at the second one down. Hang on a second. All right, so I'm, I did the, the thing is, if I do this too often, it makes my eyes go all googly. Um, hang on a minute. So let me just do this. What, what am I typing in? Veruca and duct tape. Yes. Second line down. Veruca. Look out for me. NHS website okay hang on a minute uh waltz and verrucas no who, who what where what one it should be second down should be nhs choices on the nhs website oh yes actually oh yes list, actually list duct tape for verrucas as an option no i do not believe that it does duct tape it's the third one down it's above chemical treatments <laughs> but ha- have you had this done no, no, I haven't. It's just I had to Google it after your last caller. I, I cannot believe, Chris, as someone who has suffered for Verrucas for many, many years, I cannot believe that works. Because th- it goes really deep into your foot. 
<laughs> Awful. Chris, well, thank you for that. What a horrific image. Catherine, I can't, but get, get a bit of, um, get some sellotape or a prit and see if you can get rid of your fella's verrucas with that. I'll try, and for a toothache, you get a bit of a string and a door handle. <laughs> Tie around a doorknob and slam the door. Of course you do. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Well, well, well. The things we're learning here on BBC Three Counties Radio this morning. We're trying to have a sensible discussion about how uh, a doctor's surgery will be opening in uh, Wolverton. We thought it was Friday. It looks like it's going to be Monday, and they are one hundred twenty thousand pounds short of cash to pay for their furniture. Very serious, important local issue. Local and indeed vocal. The big tour. Why are we getting so many calls about Verrucas? Luann's in Fittick. Morning, Luann. Because it makes us giggle in the morning. Oh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> what do you want to say about Verrucas? Yeah, I was going to give you the logistics behind duct tape. Go on, then. Well, there was a thing on telly a few weeks ago that did a scientific research on how this worked, and oh. apparently it stops the air getting to it, which actually makes it die. Oh. So when you keep taking it off, it oh. takes the dead skin away. Oh. And then you put it back on again, it keeps the air and the moisture away from it and makes it die. My feet are quite sweaty. Duct tape isn't going to stick. <laughs> it isn't going to stick. And also, I, I, have you ever had a Veruca? Uh, years and years and years Did you have ago. it frozen off? No, I didn't. It went on its own oh. after my mum sat there and did horrible things to my feet. Oh, yeah, the pair of tweezers and stuff like that. Yeah. I, when, I was at, when I was at college, I had, um, I had about eight or nine on the... Uh, whoa, hey, Catherine, steady on, steady on. <laughs> eight or nine on the heel of my left foot. Mum right? were always on my toes. Oh, really? Yeah. It, I, and it was so painful. And I would go and get it done at this, this shropodist. And then my friend lived nearby and I'd go to my friends in tears. It, it was five minutes away. It took me 25 minutes to, to hobble there I'd go there in tears and have a cheeky little drink to calm the pain uh, and then I ran out of money and the shopist was so kind he said oh look just keep coming I'll do it for free <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that nice of him I don't know how to answer that one. <laughs> there, is, there is no answer to it, Luanne. You, listen, you wanted to talk about Verrucas. That's your, you own the BBC. Remember that, guys. Remember? You own it. You can come on and talk about anything you want. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. I do a pod. There are a few, a few things that actually disgust me, and Verrucas disgust me. I, I find them uh, repulsive, uh, and uh, it makes me uncomfortable talking about them. Oh, the disgusting things. Oh, wait, but no doubt you'll want to carry on talking about them. What <laughs> walnut heel they used to call me. Now, it's November. Justin's in Luton. He's standing on Vauxhall Way. It can only mean one thing, Justin. The smell of cat pee is back. It is, Ian. It's back indeed. Happened last year mm. and the year before. And while people who smelt it reckon Vauxhall motors, uh, motors dealt it, the car plant environmental health are still scratching their heads. Well, listen, Justin, we'll come to you in a second to find out what's going on. Uh, you're with the Environment Agency, I think. Yes. But earlier on, uh, Justin spoke to to uh, Pete Layton from Pink Pig Parking. And in the summer months, we literally had to shut all the windows and doors, etc. Our lady staff uh, just couldn't tolerate it. It was a, it became a sickly uh, smell in the end. It's just typical of cat's pee. When they've not been cleaned up on the... the if you've got cats, you pee on the paper. It's that smell. It's exactly that smell. Is it worse in November, though? Because the conditions change. That's what we're hearing. This is our second November. Uh, the winds are blowing a little bit more swirly all around us. But yes, I mean, we stood here this morning, you and I, and we both smelt it, distinctly smelt it. So I don't know. Um, I, I would imagine it does get a lot stronger because the air's fresher. I mean, some people may be laughing at the story, saying, oh, cat wee. But, but it's no <laughs> laughing matter to you, is it? <laughs> no, it's not really. Uh, no, 
no, no, no, no. It's certainly not pleasant for our customers either that come in and they want to park their car and get off up to the airport. But no, um, it, it certainly annoyed us during the last uh, 10 months since we've been trading here. You just want something done about it and yeah, quickly, don't yeah, you? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's down to uh, the council, the environment, then, you know, pull your finger out and get it sorted. Well, don't pull your finger out. Maybe that, that could be the problem. Uh, Justin, who are you with? Um, I've got Claire Richards with me, who's Brilliant. from the Environment Agency. Claire, thanks for your time. You're live across Bed Starts and Bugs. You know what the problem is. Explain to our listeners what the problem is. Um, the problem is coming from um, where they spray paint the vans, The um, not all the paint hits the vans. Some of the paint flows, um, falls underneath and it falls into this like river of paint. And the river of paint is where the smell's coming from. We think it's probably um, bacteria that builds up in the system and causes it to become almost stagnant-like, and that's, mm-hmm. it comes out of the um, big square chimneys above the paint shop. Well, that's fantastic. You know what the answer is. Um, so what's going to be happening next? Because you've issued two notices against Vauxhall, and people are, are still complaining about the smell. How can this be, how can this be sold here for the locals? Um... Well, we serve two notices on them, and the notice requires them to use the best technology that's available in Europe to um, keep the smell to a minimum. Um, I think they, are, they have made massive improvements on site. They, um, they used to clean out this, this river of paint maybe once every six months, once a year. I've got them cleaning it out once a week. Um, and that has, I think, it's improved things. We're not getting that many complaints anymore. In saying that, though, you've heard the clip from Pete earlier on, who said in the summertime in particular that had to close all the windows, his staff simply couldn't handle it. In theory, if this smell doesn't go away, and according to the people that I'm talking to, it's not going away, in theory, could you close this plant down? Only if they were in breach of their permit, and their permit says... If they're using the best available technology to control things, they're not in breach of their permit that they have from us. In theory, if they were in breach of their permit, then it would be the very, very last resort. So let's get this absolutely clear. At this moment in time, they're not in breach of their permit. So this smell is never going to go away, is it? Well, we don't think... We're not saying they're not in breach of their permit. We're, we're having to work with them to make sure... Because technology is constantly moving on. We're discovering new things about the way the plant's working. Mm. Um, you know, if we discover something else that they should be doing, we'll serve another notice on them to make them do the next step. Um, OK, just lastly, very briefly on this. So if we come back here next November and we're hearing again that every November it's, it's particularly bad, do you think this smell is going to go once and for all? If we come back here next November, you're working with them, is it going to go away, yes or no? I'm really hopeful that we will find it and solve it. Yeah, I am hopeful that we will. Um, I don't know, for sure. Hopefuls encouraging. There you go, Claire Richards, uh, joining us live from the Environment Agency. Ian. Justin, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Claire. Well, one of the residents who's had to live with the stink is Luton's Lib Dem leader, David Franks. David, is it really as bad as we've been told? Yes. Yes, the, the residents' complaints are not exaggerated, Ian. It really is absolutely disgusting. And it's not only November. Um, it, it, it does... Where the problem falls does obviously depend on the direction of the winds... Um, but it, it but it is absolutely disgusting, and it's it's it, it gets into people's houses in Vauxhall oh. Park area. 
Um, and I, the, one of the questions that I keep asking and nobody seems to want to answer is w- what exactly are the chemicals that are being released and what are the health implications? Have you spoken to Vauxhall about this? I have spoken to Vauxhall a very long time ago, and I've also spoken to uh, Claire Richards, who you've just had on from the Environment Agency. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, they, wh- just, they keep saying they're working on it, they're working on it, but nobody will, nobody will actually take that step of dealing with the problem and, and, and getting rid of it. If you spoke to them a, a, a long time ago, maybe, maybe today is the day to fire off another couple of emails and make a couple of phone calls, David. Well, I sent them an email yesterday. OK, yeah. excellent. Good work. R- residents feel they're being ignored. They, well, they do. Of course they do, and 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 they tell me about the chest congestion, the the headaches. Um, you know, what are the health implications of this? So, what are these people breathing in? Realistically, David, is is there anything that can be done if it's if it's the smell of Vauxhall and if if that's you know the product that they work with, they can't really do anything, can they? Well, yes, of course they can. What can uh, they do? Well, Vauxhall have been there for the best part of a hundred years, and we haven't had this smell for a hundred years. Mm. They must be doing something different that they weren't doing before. David, I appreciate your uh, time uh, this morning. That's Luton's Lib Dem leader, David Franks. If you've experienced the stench, giving people headaches, chest congestion, congestion, I like to call it, 08459 555. How has it uh, affected you? You can also go to facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr or send me a text 81333, start your text 3CR. No one has convincingly given me a good argument um, for having tattoos. We had the fellow who'd had loads of spinal injuries, so he had a wolf tattooed on his shoulder. I, I personally, I don't see the connection. There's never a good reason for getting a tattoo. They always look cheap, don't they? You wouldn't. Listen, lads, if you met a girl who had tattoos all over her arms and her hands, you wouldn't want to take her back to meet mum, would you? Would you? Uh, indeed, I'm just reading online, there is a big uh, debate today uh, on the bedroom tax. Guess who's not turning up for it? Yeah, Ian Duncan Smith, the fella who brought it in. Um, I can't make it there, guys. Can't make it. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. A doctor's surgery without any furniture. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. And suddenly it's four minutes past eight. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Here until nine o'clock. Then JBS takes over. He's got a good one today. Have you seen what he's talking about? It's always a good one. Lots coming up on this show, including furniture-based friction in Wolverton, council conservatory controversy in Wellin, and we seem to be talking about tattoos and verrucas and whatever you fancy. It's thoroughly unpleasant. But, for BBC, (laughs) you buy that line. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can uh, send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or give me a phone call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, some uh, texts on tattoos. Tattoos are so cliched these days, people get them because they feel they have to, says fill the fruit. Uh, Tony says, I'm going on a journey this morning to work. I'm going to get a train to work. Then I'm going to get a tattoo of network rail down my spine, just so I can recant my journey. 
Good for you. We, we had a caller earlier on who'd been on a journey, so he had a tattoo done. His journey was, he, his back was, was pretty badly done, and he had loads of operations. So what did he have tattooed? He had a wolf tattooed on his shoulder. Ah, makes sense, doesn't it? No. Then we got onto Veruca's. Not because of tattoos, but because we're talking about doctor's surgeries. I know. Try and follow the logic. Uh, duct tape works. Uh, it's scientifically proven, says Dawn. Oh, if someone tells me that on a text, then it must be true. Um, uh, it'll be heart surgery on the kitchen table with a knife and fork soon, says Jackie. And then this is from Ed. I, can we... Uh, I, I, feel we have to, I feel we have to pass this on to the authorities, this, this text from Ed. This really is above and beyond. Ian, when I was about eight, nine or ten... I've tried to blank it out due to the trauma. I'm going to say something horrible now. My mum shaved off my Veruca with a razor blade. Oh, no! Oh! Seriously, I think you could sue your mother retrospectively if she's still with us, Ed. I, I, I do think there is probably a court case uh, in that. On the subject of tattoos, Steve's in Colton. Morning, Steve. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Stephen. What would you like to say? Uh, before we get on to the tattoos, I just wanted to know, where did you learn your dance move? Do you go to the Mr Bean School of Dance or whatever? For those who wonder what Stephen's talking about, we <laughs> were... Ke- Kelly Betts, Catherine Boyle and myself were filmed secretly, I don't know who did it, uh, dancing earlier on in the show to Electric Avenue by Mr Edward Grant. Uh, it, that somehow leaked onto the internet at BBC <laughs> 3CR. I am busting some pretty good robotics. <laughs> I am doing yeah. the robotics. <laughs> I did the noises as well. Oh, didn't you? Didn't get, didn't get noises. Uh, anyway, Stephen, tattoos—they're rubbish, anyway, aren't tattoos. they? Tattoos. I, I, no, no, I don't. I don't mind the odd occasional, like little one, but right. I don't. I can't. I can't see why people get tattoos in places that they're never going to show them. Well, David Dimbleby's yeah. got one uh, of a scorpion on his right hairy shoulder. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. He's a Isn't sensible, it? respected member of the British community, and he's got a tattoo on I think it's disgusting. Well, how, I don't know. How many, tats have you, how many tats have you got, Stephen? Uh, let me... Uh, I've got um, uh, none. Why? Uh, oh, I just... I want one. Exactly, you no, don't want one because you're sensible. Yeah, but I don't... I mean, I've, I, I don't mind the old occasional tattoo. What I do not like is these pretty young girls you see, and they got a face full of metal. I just don't see the uh, point of that. You don't like the face why, full of metal? I don't... Why do you get bits of metal and stick them through your skin? Stick them out of your lip, out of you, your cheek? L- oh, l- dear l- l- Tash, Tash is in Wellingarn City. Tash, have you got any, um, uh, uh, facial piercings? Tash? Tash? Upset her. You upset her. She's disappeared. We've lost. <laughs> yeah. We've lost Tash. Uh, Stephen, head? thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We'll see if we can get Tash back uh, a little bit later on in the show. Now, a funding mix-up means that doctors at a new health centre set to open in Wolverton on Monday are appealing for donations of of anybody chairs. The practice say they were promised £120,000 for the furniture by the Primary Care Trust. Trouble is, the PCT no longer exists and the body that's replaced it, the CCG, won't honour the agreement. Well, there'll be a crisis meeting between NHS bosses and the practice managers this afternoon. Joined now by Mark Lancaster, who's the MP for Milton Keynes North. Mark, it's a a pretty ridiculous situation. Whose fault is it? Well, that's a very good question. There seems to be a breakdown in communication here. I mean, it's a great shame because we really should be celebrating this amazing new uh, facility which has been funded in uh, Wolverton there. The old healthcare centre really was in a pretty poor shape. So, 
you know, an awful lot of work has gone into delivering this fantastic new building. Uh, and then just when we're about to open, we have this sort of disagreement over what is literally just the icing on the cake, the furniture inside, but the building itself is fantastic. The facility is going to be fantastic. There's just nowhere to sit are. down or, or, or write anything. Well, at the moment, that's right. I mean, it has been a sort of complex issue, and, um, you know, I've been sort of involved for some time now, and I think we're nearing a resolution. Um, there does seem to be, I mean, on the one side, as a taxpayer, you would appreciate that the last thing you want is uh, £120,000 simply being spent without the proper process and checks and balances. Uh, but equally, it's clear that... Um, Having read much of the email correspondence, uh, it does appear as if the health centre were acting in good faith, but we can't actually nail down exactly which meeting it was agreed at. So we're getting there slowly. So it, it, it's, it, is it certain then that the PCT had agreed to fund the, the furniture? Well, certainly the health centre are under that impression. Of that, there is no doubt. Um, equally, from NHS England's point of view, I think it's only right that we can demonstrate that that that, that agreement was made. So there's no e- there's no email or letter from the PCT to the head of this 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 uh, practice saying yes, we agree uh, to to give you 120,000 pounds for furniture. Because if that doesn't exist, that's pretty stupid, isn't it? Well, it's not a, a it's not a simple sentence in that sense. But certainly, when you read the email um, exchange, it's pretty clear that there was uh, an impression given that that would be the case and that's really what we're coming down to now we have moved already to the point where the worst case scenario is that nhs england have agreed to lend the uh, health center the money over a long period of time at a very low interest rate in order that the money can be available now to purchase this furniture but i do think um hopefully this uh this meeting this afternoon which i'll be sending a representative to unfortunately i'm down in westminster at the moment uh we was we should be able to get to the bottom of this issue it's just frustrating because we've got this fantastic new center and here we are arguing about the bits of furniture together. It? Well, it is frustrating, and it, it, it would be embarrassing, uh, you know, if people turn... It's, it's Monday opens, isn't it? Yes, it's Monday. It, it would be embarrassing if people turn up and there aren't any chairs, or there are some, you know, small school chairs from the local primary school that they've got left over, and some plastic chairs from a village hall. It would be nice to open it with all the pomp and, and ceremony and fanfare of it, everything being wonderful and clean and new. Well, absolutely right. I mean, the existing um, health centre does have chairs, of course, and the worst-case scenario is that they can be moved across, but to be fair, they are pretty old and pretty knackered, and it's a shame, really, to have this fantastic new centre uh, and then sort of the old sort of not not really up to standard chairs in there. But, uh, listen, I am confident. I mean, a lot of people are working on this. To be fair to NHS England, I think there is a real will there to try and sort this out, okay. uh, as we've already seen by the offer that's been made. So... Um, do you think you know, that Mark? Sorry to interrupt. Do you think they might go a step further and actually just give the money without it, without it being a loan? Well, I think all that will uh, all that will sort of um, be resolved this afternoon. I think really? much of it really depends on uh, on on being able to demonstrate that that agreement was made in good faith. Mark, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. And uh, yes, wouldn't it be great if if this could get sorted out? It's going to be an amazing place. Just they haven't got any seats. It's Mark Lancaster there, MP for Milton Keynes North. <laughs> Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Been told I have to stop that and go immediately to Justin Dealey. Justin, you've seen something you want to tell me about. What's going on? Yes, uh, Ian, you're talking about tattoos this morning. Yes, you we hate are. tattoos. Uh, David Dimbleby has got one at the age of 75. I have uh, just spoken to a man. You'll hear this before nine. Yes. He has got a tattoo on his head oh. of a gecko. Oh, God. Yes. Um, so you'll hear that conversation before nine, but it's got me thinking how many other weirdos, I mean, people have got tattoos. Sit- um, on their head. Yeah, Justin, sorry. Mm. I stopped um, a jingle and everything to, to come to you. And it, yeah. 
Is that it? That's you, it. Basically, you're just flagging up. Well, hang on a minute. No, you you tell me. Flagging up something that's gonna you're going to be on in the show later on. Well, no, I'm just flagging up the fact that's quite unusual. I just thought, what how many gonna... of your listeners had tattoos on their head? Is this audio new audio? Uh, this is fresh. Yes, okay, it's fresh. We've, we've had a text. We've had a text from Zoe. Mm. You used old bits of audio about tattoos. You used yes. that before. That's cheating. You probably no. picked the thickest people you could to interview. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. Um, the audio that we used earlier on are those people that had uh, a Manchester United tattoo, somebody who had... Uh, Zoe says that's cheating. No, it's not cheating. Th- those were people that we spoke to recently who had a love of tattoos. We asked them why they had a love of tattoos. Now we're asking people about David Dimbleby. You'll hear that before nine. But how many other people, Ian, have got tattoos uh. on their head. I mean, I was going to finish off the papers in this. Well, surely having a gecko on your head is more important than the papers. Finish talking to Mark. We, we, we came to a yeah. positive, hopefully a positive conclusion about what's going to happen to the, the yeah. surgery in Wolverton. I had three minutes spare, was going to rattle through the rest of the papers, and I was told, no, 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 you have to go to Justin. Well, it was just to flag something up. I thought you quite enjoyed that. Uh, when have you ever seen a gecko on somebody's head? Are you, what are you doing tomorrow at 11 o'clock? Uh, 11 o'clock tomorrow. Um, why? What are you doing well, at 11 I've, o'clock tomorrow? I've booked, I've booked the meeting room. I right. just, um... I'd like to, I'd like to call a meeting with you. What about? Let's, let's not discuss it on air. No, come on, let's do it. Come on. Just you know. Come on. Your attitude. <laughs> about what? That was it there. That was it there. <laughs> Ian, everything you ask me to do, I do for you, and I do it with a smile upon my face. What more do you want? Not everything. Go and get Solaria in then. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. Oh dear, BBC oh dear, oh dear. Three County Morning! Radio. It's one of those mornings, I'm afraid. 08459 four double five five double five. It's a quarter past eight. I've just got I've had a brilliant email about tattoos from someone called Ian. Hello Ian. There was a guy at my local Sainsbury's on the meat counter that had cheap tattoos all down his arm. I complained, they moved him to fruit and veg. <laughs> Joined in the studio by Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Morning, Jonathan. Good morning You're to you. doing anything for children in need? Uh, all kinds of bits and pieces, I'm sure. Excellent. Watch this space. Me, me, uh, too. Uh, you're looking, uh, very nice. Nice scarf. Thank you. Um, Thanks. And a tight jersey. Showing tight. off your muscles. <laughs> it is a bit tight, actually. I think that may be because it's shrunk. <laughs> <laughs> I did wash it at the weekend. You look quite buff, though. Oh, Skin, don't start getting all no, creepy again. You sometimes. Well, how is that creepy? You do get a bit creepy. Catherine, how is that creepy? That, he does look. He's, he's well defined. He's very shapely. I am a skinny, bony man with a pot belly. I've, I am envious of people who have a, a little bit of definition in their lives. It's a compliment. Take it as such. I've got quite a muffin top and a fat back. Would you get a tattoo on your fat back? Don't be stupid. It's disgusting, isn't it? Disgusting. I would not ne- know. Dimbleby's really let the side down. I think has he really got one? Yeah, have you seen the picture of it? He's got. He's got. It's a. It's a scorpion. I want to see the photo of this. I don't believe that a man of his. That. That's a real one. Oh, that's ridiculous. I wonder if he's got a new TV show coming out. Oh, what he's he gone has. right down in my estimation. Hasn't he jo- isn't it interesting? Because I do like Dimbleby. I like all the Dimblebees. Yeah. Uh, and I saw that, and I, and I just thought, oh, that's it a real waste. just seems like a really, really silly thing. What a silly, silly thing to do. Yeah. What a silly thing to do. Take that back. I'm, I'm not watching Question Time anymore. Really upset. What a silly, silly thing. 
What's on your show today, Jonathan? Coming up on this morning's big phone-in, should we pay women in beds, hearts and bucks to breastfeed their babies? Uh, new mothers are to be offered up to £200 in shopping vouchers to encourage them to breastfeed their babies. The pilot scheme is being targeted at deprived areas of the country and funded by the government and medical research companies. And if it proves successful, a nationwide pilot could be rolled out next year. Currently, 55% of babies are breastfed in this country. Only 55%. It's quite low, really, when you think about it, isn't it? But the doctor behind this new project has told the BBC she hopes paying people to breastfeed could create a culture where breastfeeding is seen as the norm. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this. Should we pay women here in beds, hearts and bucks to breastfeed their babies? Will it have a positive effect? Will it encourage women to breastfeed? Are there too many women who just don't try hard enough at the moment to breastfeed? I can't quite believe that. I mean, the friends that I've got that haven't breastfed, it's been a really emotional thing to not breastfeed. You know, they found it absolutely dreadful. I've had friends in floods of tears because they're just not getting on with it and they've eventually had to give up. My wife couldn't breastfeed first and uh she was devastated she, yeah. f- she felt less than because of it and she put so much she spent hours and hours uh, at various breastfeeding experts houses while mm-hmm. they, they manhandled her we had the, uh, the the our son's tongue was cut a little bit to, to try and make it easier and she was having none of it and yet people the breastfeeding fascists who do exist will still say she should have tried harder she should have tried harder well i just wonder with this this new 200 pounds is this sending out the message that actually if you don't breast breastfeed it's probably because you can't be bothered and actually you know have a have 200 pounds that will make the difference yeah. you'll suddenly now say i'm not sure that it's the case from nine this morning i want your views and your experiences should we pay women in beds hearts and bucks to breastfeed their babies 200 pounds does that sound sensible or ridiculous to you isn't the 200 pounds in uh, pound stretch of vouchers uh, shopping vouchers is oh, the, uh, okay. Okay. is the, the information that, I have. I read it in one of the stories that, that said pound stretcher, but it, 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 may, it may be more I, generic I than that. I think it would be more generic. Okay, right. Well, I guess you could buy £200 worth of items in pound stretcher. 200 items, that would be. 200. Yes. Wonderful. Imagine those wagon wheels. But I just don't know whether it's going to make any difference, is it? No, no I don't think Are so. there really women out there who say, I'm not going to breastfeed, but if you paid me £200, I would? No, I don't think so. And how are they going to prove it? How do they prove that, 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 that someone has to come and watch you and monitor it, or you have to log in? How does that... It won't work. It's a flawed system. It won't work. And I think it's, it puts unfair pressure on women who are already feeling pressured and bullied. But it's, it's going to be happening, and it's, it's being backed by the World Health Organization. The government is behind this as well. I mean, this is big stuff. Yeah, the government never get anything wrong, do they? Well, from nine, I want your views. Should we pay women in beds, hearts and bucks to breastfeed their babies? Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're talking about tattoos um, and how awful they are. Emma's in Coventry calling to back me up, aren't you, Emma? No, I'm not. Sorry? I'm not. Oh. Um, Don't cry. Um, I've not actually spoke to you before. Nice to speak to you, Emma. Thank you. Um, I've been listening, and I've heard some people say weirdo. Yeah. Um, I've heard your comments as yeah, well. Disgusting. Disgusting. Shameful, shocking, outrageous, awful. Yeah. Well, I I know quite a lot of people that have tattoos. Sorry about that. <laughs> and um, they're lovely people. And it's what's inside them that counts, not what well, you see. Um, Ian, 
Um, really and truthfully, um, I think it's discrimination because if somebody has got something that they don't like, then why should you um, call them their names? They want tattoos. Yes. Let them have tattoos. But I, it's not them that has to look at them. It's me as I'm walking down the street. I see these horrible people with with the things called sleeves. It was when they have tattoos all down their arms, or tattoos of geckos on their heads, or when they wear shorts and they've. Uh, I saw a man who had um, a, a winky tattooed on his leg. Why would you do that? Well, some people just like you know. Some people just want to be different to other people. But you know. I I suffer from mental health issues, and I actually get the same treatment Hang on when, a when people actually think that I'm a weirdo Emma. because I go to hospital. Emma, I'm not. I, listen, I appreciate what you're saying. I'm 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 going to let you withdraw that card and not play that one because I don't think you can compare me saying people who have tattoos are disgusting as the same as the same discrimination as people with mental health issues have. Yeah, but it's everything. But everybody treats everybody and like, oh, he's a weirdo, or he's not nice. But what's or... tattoos got to do with mental health, Emma? With the greatest of respect. Because people always have opinions on other people. That's yes, they do. That's, like... that's, that's life. And why can't people just get on with their own lives? Because it doesn't work like that. Why? Well, I don't know why. I, I can't, we haven't got time in the last 35 minutes of the show to discuss the human psyche and what makes us tick, but it doesn't work like that. And if you face discrimination because of your, your mental health issues, then you have my greatest sympathy, uh, and I think that's terrible. But I have the right to say that people who have um, tattoos of swallows and children's name on their arms are disgusting. Yeah, but you, you, have you ever met them? Have you ever talked to them? I've never met anybody who's had a tattoo, Emma. No, never. But I refuse to speak to them. And why? Because they wouldn't be able to give me a coherent argument. But that's your opinion. No, I would never talk to them. No, because that's your opinion, because, like, you've already got it in your head, I'm not going to like that person. I've got fantastic friends that have got tattoos, and I don't look for the person that's what you see from the, um, you know, I look for the person inside them. Emma, thank you very much indeed. Uh, 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 a point made, definitely. 08459 four double five five double five. I don't think we can compare me saying that people with tattoos are idiots. Can, can compare that to the uh, prejudice that some people with mental health issues have. Now, residents in Welland Garden City say they'll fight their council over plans to build a £4 million extension. Welland Hatfield Borough Council, which is based in a conservation area, wants to erect a glass structure to make their offices bigger, but residents say it's not in keeping with the area and there should be a full public conservation Consultation. Well, earlier on, we spoke to Sean O'Reilly, chairman of the Welland Garden City Society. Here's what he had to say. We have now been approached by a number of residents, uh, including our architects, who have come out with a proposal which would uh, meet the council's own legal uh, planning rules and possibly meet their own um, uh, objectives. So that's Sean O'Reilly who's, who's got a proposal. I'm joined now by John Dean, leader of the Well in Hatfield Borough Council. Morning, John. Would you be prepared to look at Sean's proposal? No, we've got our own plan, Ian, and it's uh, it's been out for consultation now for, for over a month. You wouldn't be prepared to, to even have a look at it? That Sorry? seems. A, you wouldn't be prepared to even have a look at it? That seems a bit, bit dismissive and, and, dare I say it, well, a little bit arrogant. To be quite honest, we have consulted with the Welland Garden City Society. We've altered our original plan um, to some of their suggestions, and we uh, we understood they were reasonably happy with what we'd come no, up with. No, they're not. They're, they're very unhappy with it. Well, yes, I know, but that that's... <laughs> 
I'm afraid that's the one in Garden City Society. I mean, they've put out a consultation document, which, quite honestly, is just full of of, uh, so of wild you, exaggeration. You wouldn't be prepared to look at their plans, just just as a matter of courtesy. <laughs> Well, of course, we'd look at their plan as a right, matter of okay. courtesy, so but we it's can... too late to, change, it, to okay. change our plan. So if we put you in touch with Sean, you'll look at his plans. That's We great. are in touch with Sean all the time, actually. Okay, that's fantastic. It's not in keeping with the area, is it? You're not adhering to the rules that you enforce on the residents of Wellingarden uh, City. Well, we are, actually. I mean, that's one of the falsehoods of the Wellingarden City Society's statement. They, they've said that the, the building that we're putting our extension on is part of the estate management scheme. It's not... But it's it not doesn't in keep- come into the estate Why management scheme. Why does it not g- come into the estate management scheme that dictates that uh, residents have to uh, build extensions of a certain size and of a certain style and of the same it, colour brick? Why, why are you exempt from that? It's because it's a public building and it just doesn't ah. come into the area that so, is under the estate management. OK, excellent. We're getting somewhere, John. So you're <laughs> exempt from that, which is great. But that means that you're, you're, you are agreeing that it doesn't fit in with the current design. No, no. Well, I'm not agreeing with that at all. So it does fit in with the current design? Well, because our, our modified design right. does fit in as well as it can. And, it, uh, and, ah, and sorry. Ah, no, it, John, no. The... I'll stop you there. Okay. As well as it can. So it doesn't fit in, does it? And you know it doesn't fit in. And it's, it, it would imply it's one rule for the residents, yet the council, eh, we can do what we want, no, we're no, the no. council. No, 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 that's completely unfair. It's the part of the design is from necessity anyway, because we, we have to have, because of where the building is, where the structure is going to be uh, built, it needs to have extra light. And that's why we've got a glass front. Uh, maybe, I don't know, you could buy mm, a light. Well, we, you know, you you know as well as I do that the use of natural light is the most important thing when oh, you're dealing John. with staff. No, it's not, John. It, yes, it, it, it is. It, it's not the most important thing it, when you're dealing with staff. It's good people management, and it's not wasting people's money. Why can't you buy some lights instead of building a huge structure made out of glass? It's not. Actually, you've got it all wrong, Ian. It's not that uh, the whole structure is built of glass. The front has a certain amount of glass What's the percentage of glass in this new structure? It's only the front. What's the percentage of the glass in this new structure? Um, probably... It, it, we're only talking about the front end. What's the, the percentage of glass end. in this I new structure? we're talking about, what, 20% maybe? OK, and what's the percentage of glass in the previous structure? There wasn't a previous structure, Ian. OK. This is a new extension. It, uh, and what's the percentage of glass in all the buildings surrounding that area? I wouldn't know. I haven't measured. No, you haven't, John, but you know... You could use your eyes, because you know that it's not in keeping with the style of the buildings around it. So it is one rule for the residents, Have you ever and been to the rule... Palace of, of Westminster? Well, one, of the, one of the old structures. What on earth has that got to do with it? Well, is, that in, got, is that in Welling Garden City, they are, is it, John? They've used glass on the front of their structure as well. Is that in Welling Garden City? Does that have to adhere to the rules that the residents of Welling Garden City have to? I don't think so. I've already told you, Ian, that the, You're exempt. the, the, the building we're talking about... You're the about, council. The building we're talking about doesn't come under because, the estate management because it's Because it, cause you're the council. It doesn't come under because the... you're the no, council. No, no, no. There, there are many buildings in Welling Garden right. City that don't come under the estate. You can understand scheme. why residents who, who who've had their extension plans scuppered would feel aggrieved, can't you? 
No, I, I, really? I, I can't understand that. I mean, Really? Uh, John, there's a real... I don't want to be rude to you, because you sound like a fairly decent bloke, but there's a real sense of, 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 of arrogance coming from the council on the subject of this. If you can't uh, even empathise with people who've had to stick to strict building regulations in your area, it does seem a little bit arrogant, doesn't it? But we do empathise, and that's why we've gone out empathize. to consultation. You know, out of all the complaints we've actually had, or, or, the, or the remarks we've actually had, the majority come from the Welling Garden City Society. The Welling Garden City Society want to see Welling Garden City stay exactly as it is forever. How much is this costing? Life, it's, the whole structure is costing four million. Wow. Um, but it is good, saving good, a lot more than that. Good, I mean, good spend, very, John, when, sorry, when everyone's... Sorry, you've got to let me finish, Ian. The, the, the building that we've got to vacate is costing us £215,000 a year. OK, so that would be uh, four... So that's four years, eight years. So that's about 17, 18 years you make your money back. Oh, no, much quicker than that. Well, exactly, it's £215,000 a year... Uh, and this is costing you four million pounds. So yeah, it's about seventeen, eighteen years for you to make your money back. No, you're not getting the whole picture because oh. the, the extension is also going to house a, a council chamber, which we are vacating from another building. So how much does that cost a year, the council chamber? No, no, no. It's not a question of that. It's the income right. we're going to gain from it. Okay. How much income are you going to gain per we year? We have the, the the business plan tells us that we're likely to make about another two hundred thousand pounds per year from that. Okay. So we're looking at eight or nine years to make it back. Good yeah. investment. That's a good investment. When, when, in times of austerity, when people are cutting back, you think that eight or nine years is a good investment? I think that's an extremely good investment to 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 bring okay. to bring two hundred and fifteen thousand pounds back into the council rather than having to to rent another building. I think is an extremely good investment over nine years. That a you, good you, you investment make, over nine years. Uh, you you make know, the money back. Most bankers would love to see that kind of return. Um, John, okay, uh, but you, you don't have any sympathy for those people that are disappointed with your plans. I do indeed, and that's why we've listened to them. And not really done very much. And, and altered our plans to, to, try to, play, to, to try to fall in line with what they want. Okay. We have done that. John, thank you very much indeed. John Dean, leader of the Wellin Hatfield Borough Council. Call 08459 455 555. BBC 3. Uh, uh, tattoos, verrucas and all kinds of things in the last 30 minutes. Well, the last 22 minutes of the show. I was late for that news. I do apologise. 08459 455 555. Let's rattle through some of these texts. Ian, can you give a shout... What? Just to let people know that Dunstable is now a 20 miles per hour zone and people are still doing 30 miles an hour past the speed cameras because they haven't noticed the change. Hugs and kisses, Jamie. Colin Luton, get over yourself, Lee. Tattoos are because the recipient wants them. I have two. My partner doesn't like them but agrees it's art. It's not art. Colin, it's not art, for goodness sakes. Art is a painting or a statue or a sculpture or something or even a, a, a messy bed. It's not drawings on your body. Mark the Wolf. Oh, God, get a life. If Ian gets a tattoo of 3CR, I'll donate money today. Let's raise funds for a charity. You can do it, mate. Man up. I don't like the implication that by not having a tattoo, you are less of a human being. Au contraire. The opposite is true. By not having a, t- a tattoo, you are more of a human being. You are more confident in your body image. You don't need to doctor it. Pat says, never mind about the lack of furniture in the doctor's surgery. What is duct tape? Andrea's in Aylesbury. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning. Good morning, Andrea. What can I do for you? Oh, you make me laugh. Thank you. <laughs> we'll have none of that, though. Stop it. Stop it. It's silly. Oh, 
I was 55 when I had my first tattoo. Oh, Andrea, I used to like you calling up. <laughs> Go on, what, what happened? Um, well, according to one of my friends, uh, one of my friend's daughter, who actually had a complete Harry mental over the whole thing, and she went, oh, what is it with all you women? You hit 50, and then you've got to go and have tattoos and yeah. things, and I don't like it. And it, was, uh, it was a bit of... And it wasn't that at all. I just hadn't... Because I was of the opinion, you know, it's uh, incredibly horrible, and people with tat- tattoos aren't very nice, yeah. and it's hideous. So I do appreciate where you are in your view, yeah. but suddenly I changed, and I, I wanted one, and I just thought, I'll go and have one done. And my friends said, oh, but you're old, and your skin will all get saggy and baggy. And your skin's already saggy and baggy now. It is. So now's the perfect age to do it, if you're going to. Yeah. And so I've got three now. Oh. What did you get done? I've, I've got a bracelet of stars on my right wrist. Just buy a bracelet of stars? No. <laughs> you can probably get them in um, um, anywhere. Anywhere, yes. Claire's accessories <laughs> probably sell at them. Yes, okay. Second um, one. Um, second one is um, a Panamanian peace frog. Oh, where's that on your bum? No, on my. I don't see the point of ha- having a tattoo if you can't see it. Well, <laughs> I don't know how flexible you are. Okay, well, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> where's your peace? Where's your peace frog? Um, on my left wrist. Okay. And that's an orange... Panamanian frog's a golden colour, so he's oh. gold with a peace sign. Oh. Yeah, okay. Well, he's doing the victory... The V sign. The V... Uh, oh. um, peace sign. The V? Yeah, peace oh. sign. Okay, all victory right. Victory V. Oh, so common. Um, <clears throat> and, um... No, there's a company called Peace Frogs, and I wear their T-shirts, okay. and that's where he comes from. Okay. Anyway, yes. and my third one is a, quite a bit larger, because it goes up my right arm, and it's, um, bluebells with bubbles... I'm literally speechless, Andrew. You sound so sensible and normal and delightful, and it turns out you're not. I know, but you see, the thing is, underneath, I've always been a bit like this. But I'm going to say yes. that in the, um, I go to Cornwall every summer where yeah. my family are, yeah. and um, I there was a lot of exposed flesh yes. as oh, you would gather. Too much it was down beautiful, there. Beautiful, beautiful summer, yes. and I have decided that enough is enough that really there are a lot of people who are covered and it's about time they stopped and it doesn't look nice and, and but also they are so young they yeah. most of these people were under 30 majority under 25 and i think whoa girls with their legs done teddy oh. bears on their backs fronts on their faces and i think you are going to regret this sometime you never get the tramp stamp then well it was just i i just I, I thought it was just too much. That's too when much. I took stock. Too much. I mean, my son, who's n- not quite 27, he's talked about having a tattoo. And my answer to him is, think about it. I'm nearly dead. You've got to li- live with this for the rest of your life. What a jolly mum you are, Andrea. Thank you very much. Rick's in Welling Garden City. Morning, Rick. Morning. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Rick. What do you want to say? Just to, um, on the subject of tattoos. Yes, um, disgusting, aren't they? People who have them are idiots. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I've, I've got a couple myself, and I'm all oh. for it, to be honest. I, I could tell. What the problem is, um, you had a caller earlier that said that they reported a guy that was working on a butcher's for having seeds. Yes, and he got mo- he got moved to the fruit and veg. How disgraceful is that? I mean, we don't judge people by their appearance in this day and age, we should We should do it a little bit more, I think. Oh, you're joking. Come on. Of course we should. Oh, come on. I mean, Asian ladies have been having their noses pierced and their navels pierced. The belly dancers have been doing it for centuries. Well, yes, but well, well, you don't see a belly dancer serving meat in Sainsbury's, do you? I wouldn't complain if they were, but... Uh, but I'm saying, we, we, we've 
learn to accept different cultures and things in this country nowadays. Well, tattoo, it, tattoo isn't a culture. It's 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 just disgusting. It's the lowest form know, yeah. of, of of people being unhappy with their bodies, so they do something permanent to it. They should go and get. Men, they should go. And, they should go to therapy or something. Oh come on! I mean, in this day and age, people have different cultures and religions around the world. It's not a you religious have, thing, though, Rick. Well, well, I mean, there's a lot. If it was, uh, if it was from Papua New Guinea, he had a bone through his nose and tattoos on his face, or tribal, you'd, you'd want to talk to him and you'd think he was an interesting character. Yeah, but if it's some bloke from Wellington Garden City who's got the name of his mum, he's got the name of his mum tattooed on his forearm, I think, oh, it's disgusting. Well, that's that's, that's his. his his skin is the only thing that he has that the government can't take from him or his boss can't take from him. That's up to him to do what he wants with it. Rick, uh, it's me that I have to move on because I just want to squeeze Joe in. I have to look at it. That's the problem. Joe in Stopsy. Go on, Joe. Hi there, uh, Ian. Um, I just want to say, I got two tattoos, yeah. One is hidden for my partner to see, that's it. There's another one. Well, hang on, whoa, whoa, hang on. Hang on. Yeah. D- d- tread delicately because we have young ears. Whereabouts, right. roughly, is it hidden? Uh, it's just uh, below my uh, seven and eight abs. So just uh, above my right side. Okay, right, okay, right, that's fine. Yeah, yeah I can do it. It, it. it just says, her name till I die. That's it. That's for her to see, that's it. Okay. That's the first one I got after three weeks of getting together. So that sent a message. What happens when uh, you split th- up? <laughs> yeah, I've been told that. Yeah. Well, I've been told that, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, no, know, every- everyone says that. My mum and yeah, dad said that, you know. I know. Well, five years running, Ian. Five years running. Wow, and that long, huh? Going strong. Okay. Uh, but but the thing is, we've got another one. Me and her, yeah. each on our right wrist, where the veins are. Yes. They're each safe forever. Okay. So when you're walking, obviously uh, that side of the wrist is. Um, you have the same tattoo as your so wife. Yes. Oh, yes. Joe. We do. We why, both don't you, why, don't you just, why don't you just say to her, "I love you"? Do you want to go away for the weekend to Paris? Do that. That's much better than getting a tattoo done. Well, that's the thing. It kind of sends a message. It's a, a little reminder. So when I don't speak to her, that she knows, even though she yeah. already does. My little reminder is my wedding message. ring. <laughs> you see, Joe, there are better ways of doing it. I've got to cut you off there because I was late for the last travel. I missed that. I don't want to miss this one. Thank you, Joe. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Justin Dealey has uh, found a man with a gecko on his head. <laughs> we'll speak to him in a little bit. It's a thing we talk about every now and then. For some reason, the tattoo story always seems to pop up every uh, every few months. And there's a new tattoo story today. David Dimbleby, a man I have a lot of respect for. I, I did have a lot of respect for. Has um, had a tattoo of a scorpion on his shoulder. I think they're disgusting, and most of you are agreeing with me. You're just actually not choosing to call in and say you agree with me. That's fine. Uh, Justin Dealey's been out about Justin. <laughs> oh, Justin! That wasn't... Uh, we'll, we'll get him in a second, because Justin has uh, found some incredible... Well, he's found an incredible uh, tattoo, apparently, which I'm looking forward to hearing uh, about. I, d- I just don't get the attraction of them at all. Uh, Milton Keynes Richards says, I blame the transfers you used to get in bubblegum when you were five. Brainwashed us as children. Yes, that's true. I used to like those transfers. Uh, and Ash from Luton, your attitude is disgusting. I think he means disgusting. And I think you're an idiot. I won't pick out all the spelling mistakes. You're an idiot, in my opinion. A close-minded fool. All walks off life have tattoos in cultures or just because they want one. Are you going to call a police officer or military man he's disgusting because he chooses to have a tattoo? Yes, I am. I think I do. I do not think police officers should have tattoos. Soldiers do what they want. But police officers should not have tattoos. 
Grow up and be a little open-minded. If you don't like them, keep it to yourself. You're just a hater. And even if it's just you being sarcastic, you're still a close-minded fool. Just saying. Exclamation mark there. Ash from Luton. Oh, I'm not close-minded. I'm not a close-minded fool at all. My attitude is not distrusting Ash in the slightest. It's common sense and you know it. Mm, I've got to say, though, Ian, uh, Ash there's got a few things right, hasn't he? Not, just... his, not any of the spelling of the words. No, no, no just saying, though, just saying. Justin, yes. you inter- interrupted the show 30 minutes ago to tell us that you'd found something brilliant. It better be good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so here we go. We've been talking about tattoos this morning. Obviously, David Dimbleby having this tattoo at 75. Ian, I've been out into the streets this morning and some, some great advice coming up in this piece. I've been getting people's opinions about Mr Dimbleby. Here's what people have had to say. Well, I'm in a cafe here and uh, they're actually listening to, to Ian's show. Um, so what's your name, if you don't mind me asking? Steve. How many tattoos have you got? One or two. Uh, you've got them on your head, haven't yeah. you? Can you tell us why? No, I ain't really got an idea. Just seemed like a good idea at the time. Uh, what are those tattoos on your head, by the way? It's just a... Uh, what's it? <clears throat> gecko. Aboriginal gecko. Did you have a gecko as a child or something? No, not at all. So, so no connection no. To, to you at all? No. David Dimbleby, at the age of 75, has got a tattoo. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> Fair play to him. Now, Brenda, you're 72 years old. Yeah, I know. David Dimbleby, at 75, has had his first tattoo. Yeah. Do you think he's mad? Yeah. At 75, yeah. What's the point? <laughs> so you don't fancy one yourself? Then? No, no. Sorry about that. Madam, we're talking about tattoos this morning. I bet you love them, don't you? I absolutely hate them. Why do you hate them? Because they're just too permanent. You can't do anything with them, and they just... I just don't like them. Philip, you have some tattoos. Tell us what you've got. E- eagles. All tattoos I had done in Hong Kong, right, some 38 years ago, when I was a young soldier out there. Every street corner there's a tattoo artist, right, with young ladies, and they used to invite you up into the tattoo parlour and uh, ply you with as much drink as you wanted right before you had a tattoo done. good old days, eh? The good old days, yeah. <laughs> Not like it is today. So eagles, anything else? A, Kong, a little Kung Fu man on my leg. A, a Kung Fu man? Right, oh yeah, yeah, I can see that Kung Fu man. They're well, yep. they're well worn out. And tattoos tattoos on me uh, arms. It's the worst thing I've ever done in my life and I would encourage the youngsters of today to stop following the likes of David Beckham and these footballers and don't get tattooed. It's not right. I mean, with the greatest amount of respect, looking at that Kung Fu man, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Now, David yeah. Dimbleby has got his first tattoo at the age of 75. Oh, dear. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I'm rather shocked at, I'm rather shocked at my uh, brother because my brother, right, is uh, 56 years old. Old, right, and he is uh, he is a, a vicar, and he's just started right having uh, tattoos done on his upper arms. Pieces within God, uh, they are religious tattoos, right? But I just don't understand people that uh, want to get tattooed at that time. Later in life, later in life, and of course, right, like I say, all these youngsters are today. Please don't do it. If they want advice from somebody that's over sixty, don't do it. <laughs> Fair play, Justin. That, mm. one, that one was cr- cracking audio. The fella couldn't remember why or what he had on his head. No, it was it was really, really bizarre. He's probably listening to this conversation right now, but um, it was just very, very strange. Having a, a tattoo on your body, I would say, needs to represent something. As I mentioned earlier yeah. on, you know, if it's a family member or something like that, I don't see the problem with that. But but having a gecko... Or a con- on, Kung Fu Man. Yeah, or a Kung Fu Man, and there, there's absolutely nothing you can relate that to. Having a gecko on your head, for me, is just wrong. <laughs>
<laughs> and you know for once you know for once Ke- Kelly I may have ruined cracked. that by laughing over the end of it but if you can clip him saying having a gecko on my head is just wrong I may have oh, ruined it that was Ian, so funny Ian, it was a sight but you know in that piece there we've heard all sorts even a man who's 56 years old and is a vicar having <laughs> yes. tattoos yeah. religious tattoos incredible Justin thank you. He, he says it like it is in Justin Dilley's opinion, opinion having a gecko on your head is just wrong Margaret in Milton sorry that really made me laugh Margaret in Milton Keynes good morning Margaret morning I do love Justin he's good isn't he yeah he does a good job what would you like to say I agree with you um, at last it must interfere with their job prospects surely well we heard of one gentleman being taken off the meat counter demoted exactly. to fruit and veg what sort of um, jobs employment do these people have that are, are covered in tattoos would you like to see a copper with tattoos not really. No, no. I mean, you don't see barristers, solicitors, um, doctors, or even nurses covered in tattoos, do you? Margaret, say this. Steve is in Shefford. Steve, I believe you've spent a fortune on tattoos. Can I ask, how much have you spent, and what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a driver, and I spent nine and a half thousand pounds on tattoos. Sorry, it's not a brilliant line. For a second, I thought you said you spent nine and a half thousand pounds. How much did you spend? Nine and a half thousand pounds. Flippin' heck, mate. Why? Well, I can cover all mine up with a T-shirt and still go out and look respectable. I also have two good mates. One's a manager for Tesco's and one's a manager of a bank. And they've got full body suits. Oh, what, everything? Everything, down... Apart from their hands. uh, 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 Everything apart from their hands. Hands and face. And they can put a suit suit on and still look respectable. Steve, uh, Steve, are you married? Have you got kids or anything? I've had a partner now for 16 years. Yeah. Yeah. Spend that that nine grand on her. I have done. She hasn't got no tattoos. She doesn't like... She doesn't want any on her body, but she's like, looking at him. Oh, dear me, Steve, thank you very much. What do, what do, you, what do you reckon, Margaret? Thank, spent ni- thank, thank you, Steve. It's not a great line, so I'll let you go. Nine and a half thousand pounds. They must have more money than sense, mustn't they? I know, you wonder what, what, he's, what he's driving around. I mean, it, it's such a shame because you get youngsters that are, aren't really grown up enough to know the consequences of having a tattoo and they copy don't they and then 10 years 15 years down the line they live to regret it especially the girls dimbleby's had one at 75 years of age yeah but it's not so bad for him because he won't be be around that long will he let's face it if you're 15 16 you have a tattoo especially if you're a girl and then you want to look pretty in your wedding dress you can't it's just Oh, if you want to do modelling and they say, sorry, you know... No tats allowed. No tattoos. One day, it's going to be so hip, so with it, not to have tattoos. Yeah, we're starting that trend, Margaret. If you had to have one, what would you have and where would I you have it? I would have one. If you had to. If there was... If there was, um, um, if there was no pain involved yeah. and I was forced, somebody had a gun to my head, yeah. um, I suppose, under the armpit, because nobody would see it, would they? What if your leg gets blown off? 
<laughs> Hang on a second. Well, that, that, it links back to something we mentioned three hours ago, but it doesn't quite make sense. Uh, Margaret, you're, you're a good sport. I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's the number to call. Well, the show's coming to an end now, but you can start dialing uh, uh, JVS, who's talking about should we be uh, offering cash incentives to mums to breastfeed. Don't forget, you can email me at any time, Ian dot Lee I A I N dot L W E at BBC and you can still have your say on the tattoo story and all kinds of things by going to facebook.com forward slash bbc 3cr right this is bbc three counties radio travel news now here's alice sorry <laughs> i got a shit what no why she's not there yet oh how have do we to get talk for a bit oh blimey okay hang on uh, so what would you have if you had to have a tattoo you had to someone's got a tattoo gun to your head you have to have one. alice is here oh. this is alice gloss at bbc three counties radio alice thank you very much indeed excellent stuff right that's it that's your lot ian.lee at bbc.co.uk is the uh, phone number don't forget this having a gecko on your head for me is just wrong across beds hearts and bucks this is bbc three counties radio thank you ian